Welcome to the Out of the Box Podcast. Oh man, the mayhem is upon us. Craziness ensuing from start to finish in regional play. Glad you're with us. I'm Gray Robertson. That is Tom Canterbury. Tom, holy goodness. The postseason was back and maybe better than ever. I mean, what a weekend of softball just from start to finish, not just across the country, but obviously for Alabama as well. It was it was amazing. It was great to have postseason college softball back. One of, if not the best uh, postseason on in all of college sports. And uh, it, it was amazing. We went from things going chalk, but still people having really good games to get there. Uh, there were some definitely some upsets. There was some umpire shoving. There was all sorts of stuff happening on happening. And uh, we saw some winner-take-all games on Sunday, which are always fun to see, and, and it went late, late into the night. It did, and we're going to talk about all of that as we look at the trip around the bases. We will start at the plate, talk about the Tuscaloosa Regional. Tom, Alabama has now won 43 regional games in a row. It's amazing. Uh, I saw a tweet today. Uh, I retweeted it and it said, if you were born on the day Alabama last lost a regional game, you just turned 14 years old. And as, as we talked about in this whole thing, you know, the fact that it's by far the longest streak that there is, you know, that means that teams like in Oklahoma, UCLA, Arizona, those type of teams, they've at least stumbled, if not lost their regional, they've all lost the regional too, but you know, that they've all had issues. Alabama has not faced cupcakes during this time. You know, there's, we've had the number one team in the nation come to Tuscaloosa and Alabama's had to get through those to see what Alabama has done. And just the postseason, just the, the consistency to be able to do that and just to go ahead and mark it in your calendar. Alabama's playing in super regional every year. Uh, it, it really is an impressive statement being made by Patrick Murphy in the program. Yeah, so uh, that's going to be really interesting. We're going to talk about everything that happened in Tuscaloosa. Just, again, an impressive streak. I mean, you talked about it. You know, it's just something this program does, and you're right. You can pencil in or at least use a good, solid ink pen, Alabama into Supers every year. You don't want to ever say Sharpie because you never really know, but we kind of know every Mm -hmm. single year. Then we will advance to first. We will break down each regional Top to bottom, left to right. We're going to cover it all, Tom. Then we will steal second with our dear friend Tara Henry. We will be eating with her in about 10 days in Oklahoma City. Absolutely. Really looking forward to it and get the get the perspective of somebody who is really watching everything on a national level uh, just to see what she thought about everything that's going on in one of the craziest weekends of regionals that I can remember. Was literally watching everything going on. Yeah. She had the setup. If you saw it on Twitter, she was with Megaronowitz and the crew over in North Carolina, and they had approximately 45,000 screens set up to watch every single game. I felt not, not as impressed by having to go through and just hitting tabs for every single one of those watch ESPNs, but was able to keep track uh, of all of them as well. And it's just, it, it really says a lot about the sport and, and that people that, that there is a desire for that type of coverage. And um, we're going to get even more of it moving forward. Mm -hmm. we will round third and preview the super regionals and then we will head home and pick the super regionals spoiler alert tom won the regional picks so that means he will go first on the supers picks we've also got off the wall because how how why and how and why uh, just i mean i was shocked 
I was shocked at some of the complaints that I saw. So we'll get to that later on. But first, let's break down the Tuscaloosa Regional. Just a couple numbers that I want to throw out. Zero is the first number. That would be the amount of runs allowed by Alabama pitching here this weekend. The other one, 21 slash one. That is the strikeout to walk ratio from this past weekend for the Alabama pitching staff. Overall, 44 strikeouts and two base on balls. And finally, three. That is another number I would like to drop. Three players had an OBP in the Tuscaloosa Regional over 500. Bailey Hemphill, who did that, including an 0 for 4 game, where she did actually nothing at the plate. And then also Alexis Mack and, and Alyssa Brown, the slappers who were a combined 12 for 20 at the plate on the weekend. Tom, I'm running out of words. The pitching staff has been remarkable. It was good to see Lexi Kilfoyle come back against Alabama State. And then the offense just continues to do it up and down with your stars and your speed players really doing it in bulk. They really are, yeah. You mentioned, you know, Bailey had that type of weekend despite having an 0 for 4 game. And one of those, the slappers were just on fire, the speed uh, creating havoc on the base paths. And one thing I think this weekend did show if you're watching this uh, from a, a bird's eye view, is that while we are seeing a lot of offenses go toward the, you know, strictly going for power, there is still a place in college softball for the speed, for the slap, uh, even though you know, we've seen things like the out-of-the-box rule uh, really kind of try to hinder those slappers. It's still a very vital part of this game and what makes it a great soft, uh, makes it a great sport. Alabama is really taking advantage of that. We've seen so much what Alexis Mack and Alyssa Brown have done to kind of keep this offense rolling, even as players went down. You know, you, you lose one of the best power hitters in Bailey Dowling. You lose one of the more clutch machines that Claire Jenkins can be at time. You lose those two players, and we've seen the slappers really step it up. We've seen somebody like Taylor Clark come in and, you know, hitting a very vital three-run homer against Clemson in the in the championship game. Everybody from top to bottom is coming in and contributing and is why Alabama uh, is where they are. Where they're, you know, we saw a lot of around the, the nation, a lot of regionals, a lot of nail biters out there. There wasn't really that in Tuscaloosa. It was at, you know, yeah, I'm not going to say a regional was stress-free, but th there was not really a, a very many times where the blood pressure or the heartbeat really got up. Uh, for Alabama, they, they were in control of that regional the entire way through. Absolutely, and a big part of that was because of Montana Fouts, but also because of the defense. And again, I kind of want to spin off of the comment you just made about Taylor Clark. We have talked a lot about TC, T. Clarkie, on the air, on this podcast. I've done it on TV. You know, I, I still don't think we're talking about her enough. You know, I am truly amazed at the improvements that she, and also to an extent Savannah Woodard, but in particular Taylor Clark, the improvements that she has made in the field and at the plate, just as she has had more time. It's impressive to me because she's improving the way she is and as vastly as she is while being a graduate, while being a fifth year player. You know, you're never too old to learn something new and to get better in whatever you're doing. And I think we have seen this year, Taylor Clark has become a really vital piece of the order because earlier this year, Alabama had some issues once you got past five, six in the order until you got to Alyssa Brown in a nine spot. Now 
what was kind of presumed as the quote unquote black hole of the order is hitting bombs in big time postseason games. So all of a sudden, if you're an opposing team, you have to game plan a lot more for Taylor Clark in the eighth spot, knowing how important that out is with Alyssa Brown and then Alexis Mack coming up behind. And then I also think in the field, she is making difficult plays look really easy. I I just think that she's been really impressive over at short coming in for Claire Jenkins, who was so good in that position for so many years and the drop-off really hasn't been there. Yeah, it's been really impressive to see. And the fact that she's doing it, improving and making these real contributions in the biggest games of the year, too. I mean, you take a look at it when she you know, first got put in earlier in the year when she was struggling, when she was platooning with Maddie Morgan at third base. She was struggling in you know the pre-conference. She, she was struggling early on in games that Alabama was in all, all likelihood going to win anyway. But now she's making these major contributions in games where Alabama needs her to make those contributions. And it, it's been really impressive to see. Couldn't that be more proud of her? You know, the fact that she stuck with it, her, I'm sure, you know, overall the numbers for her career are not where they want more, where she wanted them to be when she came to Alabama from Virginia tech. But I think no one is giving, giving more <laughs> like it, she's giving the old cliche of 110%. She does that in every single game and is at it will do whatever she is asked to do. She is very good putting down bunch. She executes very well in those situations. Uh, but you know, we, we, we would like to see the, the home runs come and here they come from Taylor Clark. Unbelievably. So now we get ready for supers and Tom stop me if you've heard this before, but mm. Alabama will play Kentucky. I'm about to make my third game board for a Kentucky Alabama matchup this year. At, at I, I don't have to don't watch have to any drive. film, I guess. No, and at least we don't have to drive seven hours for it this time. Ooh, but can we have some of those breakfasts? Ooh. I miss that. I'm very curious to see how this game plays out because Alabama's trip to Lexington, I don't want to call it fluky, but a lot of the things that caused Alabama to lose that series are not really an issue anymore. And we kind of saw Alabama's talent level above the Wildcats in the SEC tournament with that pretty dominant win. So how is it going to play out when we'll play games five, six, and maybe, but hopefully not, seven of this season series? I really don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and that's one of the things, you know, despite it being games five, six, and, and possibly seven against the Wildcats, there is still so much unknown. And that, and some of that is has to do with Kentucky just being the perennial enigmas, as, as we call them, where we don't really know what, what, what we were going to get from them. And I don't know if I'll know what they are after this weekend, having seen them six to seven times. You know, that's, that's just kind of the way they are, the way that they're designed to be. Um, I think a lot of it's going to ride on whether or not Autumn Humes can pitch like she did against Alabama and keep Alabama's offense uh, from scoring because I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, unless something drastic happens that Montana Fouts and or Lexi Kilfoyle, I don't see them giving up the runs that they gave up in Lexington. Uh, that was just kind of a, an odd weekend. Uh, it's kind of a turning point in the season. We don't, we think that's probably when the injury to Lexi Kilfoyle was starting to really start to bother her too. You know, there's, uh, I think that's something to do with that too. So uh, facing a, close to, if not 100%, Lexi Kilfoyle and a Montana Fouts that is absolutely on fire right now. And it's going, it, 
Adam Humes is going to have to pitch like that for Kentucky to have a chance. Yeah, Grace Ballman as well. She was really strong in the Lexington Regional as the Wildcats came out of a loser's bracket. So looking at it from an Alabama perspective, this is going to be the easiest part of the entire conversation, Tom. The lineup will stay the same. The defense will stay the same. And pitching, I'm going to go ahead and assume it will go Fouts, Kilfoyle, Fouts. Should you go to a game three with maybe, you know, if you've got a lead, you need a save situation, Montana for game two. And of course, the other three, Torrance, Cornell, and Goodman, all ready to go at the drop of a hat if necessary. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, I could see a scenario where maybe it goes fouts, fouts out of here. Um, if <laughs> Wrap it up. Yeah, it depends on how game one goes in that situation. But I would like to see Lexi get some some innings, but I don't think you do it just just to do it. I think it, it it becomes, does this help Alabama? Does this give Alabama the best chance to win, to change it up uh, and put Lexi in for the second game? But I I I think overall, you know, definitely bounce in game one and see what happens moving forward. But everybody everybody's ready at any point, um, as always. But like you say, I, I totally agree. I think the offense, the lineup stays as it is. The uh, the defense stays as it is. And and. Alabama just goes out there to try to prove that they're the better team. Yeah, I think the X factor for Alabama might be Crystal Goodman in all this because we're going to talk to Tara Henry later about familiarity and what that means and some of these interconference super regional matchups. Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle have pitched quite a bit against these Wildcats. Yeah. Crystal Goodman really hasn't this year at least. So that might be a different look that Patrick Murphy can throw in at any point here in this super regional, but you know, I'm expecting a very interesting weekend, if not certainly a very hot weekend as we got the, uh, the times for everything and by all the sunscreen folks, we're at 12 noon central time on Friday game one of a Tuscaloosa super regional. And then I think it's one o'clock right on Saturday. So yeah. 12, 1, and 3 are our, our start times for the three games. So, yeah, we'll get all the sun. Uh, luckily for us, uh, we are not being kicked out of the booth this weekend, so we'll be able to be in our normal spot uh, and we won't be sweating out on the concourse. But, yeah, but it's, it's still going gonna to be another great atmosphere. So excited and just it felt so right for the Rhodes House to have the uh, increased capacity here this weekend. Uh, having it again here for Super Regionals, it was truly that postseason atmosphere at the Rhodes House, and it yeah, it gets warm, but uh, that's not gonna that's not gonna stop the Emily Petex of the world and everybody else from coming out and and enjoying the Alabama Super Regional. I'm just excited that this weekend we're going to see some tickets punched to OKC. I think we've got some fascinating matchups that we'll preview later on. All set up, Tom by a crazy weekend of regionals that we're about to cover as we get ready to advance to first. So who should we be? Well, we, I think we should again, shout out Taylor Clark and head down to first with the, uh, with the three run Jack that she had there uh, uh, against Clemson and just trying any way we can to talk about T Clark. Yes, absolutely. We are Taylor Clark. We've hit a three run bomb, but inexplicably just stopped it first. <laughs> just as just we, say that. Yeah, we're good. We're good here. <laughs> it's too long a run. We'll just hang out here and let you know how hot it is. drive us in. <laughs> right. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, we are going to advance the first here on the Out of the Box podcast. When we come back, a regional breakdown. We're going to go left to right, top to bottom. We're going to talk about it all here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast. We're advancing to first. 
Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. We've talked about the Tuscaloosa Regional. Let's talk about the 15 other regional sites, and we will start top left in Norman. Oklahoma moves on, helped out by a 24-7 victory over Wichita State. The day before, they only beat the Shockers 7-5. That was actually a really fun game. But not a surprise, Tom, to see OU come out of here. I think the biggest issue and the biggest question mark is the amount of runs given up to Wichita State. That's a good offensive team, but OU should be doing better than that if that uh, pitching staff is going to keep up with the offense that they've got out there. And I think also an underrated storyline, a real struggle this weekend for Texas A&M pitching, you know, going one and two, a win over Morgan State, two losses over Wichita State. Amanda Scarborough texted me during that second Wichita State game and said A&M had won once since like April 22nd, which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Just not how you want to finish the year for Joe Evans and the Aggies. No, and, that, and surprising because, you know, it was earlier in the year, obviously, but when they came to Tuscaloosa, they had cracked the top 25 and was looking really good. And uh, Alabama took the sweep and they have struggled since. Mackenzie Herzog uh, had the best ERA in the conference at that time. Right. The problem and the frustrating thing for them, too, is that they were what they, they got, they were the anti Florida. They got walked off so many times here during that streak too. So it's, it, I'm sure it became a mental issue uh, for the Aggies as well. And in, in addition to playing a really good Wichita state team, uh, really good to see Oklahoma kick that field goal to get to 24 um, in the, in the game against Wichita state. Uh, I mean, that's that, that offense is capable of doing that. It was snowballing, um, but it's going to, I still have not seen Oklahoma face just that real elite pitcher. Uh, it may not be until the World Series before that happens if they can get past Gabby Plain, which we'll yeah. talk about here in just a little bit. So uh, that's why you know, that's why the the call was made by me that I think they may not even make it to OKC. OU, we've talked about this all year long. OU is going to get theirs. It's just about if theirs are the, – Got to make them singles. Got to make yeah, them solos. Solo home runs, the RBI double that drives in one run and doesn't clear the bases – you know, right. stuff like that. You have to find ways to limit. And Wichita State did their best in that first game that those two teams played. The second game just got out of hand really mm. quickly. And, yeah. you know, that's the other part that I really question. Because OU is so disciplined at the plate and they don't make a ton of mistakes, is there a pitcher out there that can beat them twice? There See, might be two. There might be two in the country, and one is at Alabama, the other is at UCLA. But it's a short, short list. I think there's three, and one's in Washington. Well, so we'll see what happens. I disagree, but we will see. But we'll get the chance to find out because Washington advanced out of the Seattle regional. They beat Michigan twice last night, two nothing and ten five. The second game was bonkers. You know, Washington did not look great. Early on in this regional, they barely beat Portland State. They lost to Michigan 2-1. Gabby playing gave up some home runs. She pitched great in game one yesterday against Michigan. They were down 5-1. Gabby Plain was walking people. The defense was committing errors. There were just issues. But then the Huskies found a way to fight back, and now they've got a lot of momentum, a lot of momentum going into that Norman Super Regional. Yeah, it was 5-1. I was like, all right, Michigan's got this one. I went to bed, woke up, oh my gosh, 10-5. Because as good as Washington's offense can be, lack of a better word, they kind of lay eggs at times. And, you know, they I, I think they get behind playing and just assume they get one or two runs and that, that's all they're going to need to do. So uh, I, if they 
do have that chance against Oklahoma, the the offense is going to have to show up. The Kingler, the Klinglers, and the Sis Bates of the world are, are going to have to get some big key hits against Oklahoma pitching, like they did against Michigan's, which is really good pitching. Sam, I, I would probably say, top to bottom, you know, we don't really know as much because they didn't play a whole lot of people this year. But that Michigan staff might be as good as Oklahoma's. Just obviously don't say have the they're offense. better. Yeah, right just now. doesn't have the offense. So yeah. we'll we'll see what Washington can do. But I, I was I was impressed they were able to beat a really good Michigan team twice to get out of that regional. Yeah, I was surprised at how Washington just kind of lit up Alex Duraco, Megan Bobby, and it was interesting to watch. You know, they were taking advantage of some of those mistakes. And so that tells me if G. Juarez leaves that, you know, curveball a little bit too much over the plate. Morgan Flores is going to park that thing into parking lot out of Norman. So I don't know. It's an interesting super regional. We'll talk about that later on as we continue to move down. Maybe the biggest disappointment in terms of just a way for a individual player's season to end happened in Knoxville. Ashley Rogers deserved better. Her team did not back her up this weekend. She just ran out of gas and the offense did not pick her up. The Lady Vols were out by Saturday. Tom and James Madison is moving on out of a Knoxville regional. Tennessee was probably seated a little higher than they should have been, but they didn't get any favors by who their two and three seeds were right. with, with Liberty and James Madison coming in uh, as good as anybody in the country, mid-major or elsewhere or, or otherwise, just two really good teams. And if you're not hitting on all cylinders in, uh, in all aspects of the game, they're going to beat you. And that's what happened. James Madison was able to do it and knock out the Lady Vols. And uh, Liberty uh, gave James Madison all they wanted to in those uh, trying to get out of the uh, – cause that if necessary game. But James Madison was able to get that one done. And impressed by what James Madison has done. Uh, but we'll like to see them see what they can do here against their uh, super regional opponent. Yeah. Odyssey Alexander, a good story. She pitched really well this regional. She didn't face an offense like she will this weekend in Columbia against Missouri. As we continue to move on down the left side, Missouri is out of the Columbia regional. And Tom, it was pretty easy as we expected, you know, destroying UIC, one hitting you and I, no hitting Iowa State. You know, the pitching staff was impressive. The offense did what they do. We expected Missouri to breeze through, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised to see, like, Northern Iowa got a run rule victory over Iowa State. Iowa State then came back and got two wins and fought out of the loser's bracket to get to that Missouri matchup. And uh, interestingly enough, Iowa State getting their first two ever uh, tournament victories this in the regional. But uh, Missouri you know, just was had, had an overmatched on those other three teams. And a almost no hitter and then a no hitter thrown in Columbia. So a, a team that we're thinking all about their offense, uh, the, if the pitching staff is going to pitch like that, look out for the fighting Larissa's. Yeah. Congrats to Jordan Weaver. Fantastic weekend. Again, we'll preview Missouri JMU in a bit as there is some familiarity between those two schools down mm-hmm. on the left side, Stillwater, Oklahoma state just, I mean, breeze through this was like freshman year. When I took math 100, the easiest math at the University of Alabama, because I just wanted to knock out my math credit, you just have to kind of show up and take a couple questions and then you're good. Oklahoma State showed up, you know, did a couple things and they were good. Run rule over Campbell, 10 nothing. 9-3, pretty easy victory over Mississippi State. 10-2 win over Mississippi State in five. I mean, the Cowgirls just absolutely destroyed the competition here this weekend. 
they really did. They they kind of just had no issues. Mississippi State, you know, they, they rode a really good, you know, final two or three weeks of the regular season uh, to get a two overall seed. I don't know if their body of work really warranted the two seed in that regional, but that's what they ended up getting. They had to come out and their Mississippi State's pitching staff was going to have to be lights out and hope the offense was able to get some runs. The offense got a, a few across, but just way too many mistakes thrown by Mississippi State pitching. Oklahoma State took advantage, and uh, they're through. Yeah, I mean, here's the issue, Tom. I'm looking at the box scores. In both games against Oklahoma State, Mississippi State had leads. 2-1 in the first game, one nothing in the second game. What's the problem? Right after that, Oklahoma State not only responded, but responded with a crooked number that mm-hmm. essentially put it out of reach, and Oklahoma State uh, just would not – take the foot off the gas after that as we keep moving down on the left side now we go to austin tom were you awake at all for the regional final and the if necessary last night between texas and oregon they made it happen they waited until it finally stopped raining and they were able to play i watched the entire first game i don't think i saw a pitch in the second game because it was (laughs) way too late i can't believe they made him play that game uh after midnight eastern time it was obviously not midnight yet central time I'm uh, really glad the NCAA have these hard and fast rules that they're willing to just suspend when they actually might need to be put into play. A, a really a heck of a matchup. You can understand why the, the, the contrived to put these two teams together. Uh, Oregon gave them all they wanted, but uh, Texas playing playing well at the right time. Yeah, that first game, 3-2 Oregon, it was insane. I mean, Texas down to their final out, a pinch hitter, and then another pinch hitter drive in the tying runs. It was, it was remarkable. But you know what? Oregon lost this regional by losing that first game to Texas State because I have a hard time seeing a world where Oregon, if they play three times, Oregon doesn't win two of them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Oregon just hurt themselves. They were not ready to play in that first game, a 5-1 loss to Texas State, and that ended up being, in my opinion, the loss that was most costly here in the Austin Regional. Yeah, you can definitely make that that thought that maybe that Oregon, because as much as, you know, all the players are going to say the right things, they were ready to play Texas, and they might have looked past the Bobcats, and you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Moving on down, left side, the Gainesville Regional, where Elizabeth Hightower didn't give up a hit in 13 and a third innings pitched. Georgina Korak was maybe the best story of any eliminated team here in the NCAA tournament. No hitter against Baylor, a shutout against South Alabama. Pitched her daggum hard out against Florida in game one, and then came back and pitched her hard out again against Florida in the regional final before they had to lift her just because she had thrown like a thousand pitches in 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And the Gators had the walk off of South Florida to start things off in the Gainesville regional. Florida did what Florida does. That, that first game against South Florida, uh, South Florida with a base hit turning into a double play, um, and then Florida comes back to get the walk off. Kind of disappointed in Baylor's performance overall. Um, Horrible. Yeah, like what? What are you doing? I think it was one of those that worked out in Florida's favor. I'm still not very sure of their offense overall. I, I think they get big clutch hits, but there are some black holes in that offense that that could hurt them later on. But that type of regional really played into Florida's uh, strengths and uh, they took advantage of it as they should. Yeah. There wasn't an offense in there that scared you, you know, if Florida scored three runs, I mean, heck if Florida scored 
two one yeah. run. That was that yeah. was enough <laughs> most if of the Wich- time. If Wichita State is the two seed in that regional, it might be a different story. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, you're right about Baylor. They played two games in this NCAA tournament, had two hits total. Like, mm. Just do Not better. Good. Do yeah. better. <laughs> no, they didn't have to face some good pitchers, but come on. I mean, you're Baylor, you know? Yeah. Just, I, I was disappointed by the Bears. Sure. And, yeah. Oh, well, you know, congrats <laughs> to Florida. They breeze through the Gainesville Regional and they get Georgia as we look at that regional. I Maybe this is the biggest surprise. I was not expecting some of the games that we got in Athens. Duke, the seeded team going on the road, losing one nothing to Georgia in the winner's bracket game. And then in the regional final, a 10-9 win for the Bulldogs. So if anything, Tom, I'm actually really impressed because Georgia found ways to win two completely different games in this regional against a really good team in Duke. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they got uh, also the help of the fact that Duke had to play a, like, 12-inning game against Western Kentucky uh, to get to that regional final against uh, against Georgia. But we both talked about it here on this podcast and everywhere else. Georgia was not playing well at all. I no. uh, thought that they – not only didn't deserve to host a regional, they were barely a two seed in a regional. Um, but they they got the they got the benefit of the doubt. They got to host that regional as the two seed with Duke as the one. Uh, I think kind of a similar situation for Duke as what we saw with Clemson here in Tuscaloosa. Just a first time in the in, with the with the lights being shown bright on you. That they just were not consistently able to produce offensively, and then when they were able to do that the pitching faltered. So they weren't able to do everything right at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right on the money there, but you know, we'll see how the truth handles super. She pitched really, really well this week against Duke. Let's touch on Tuscaloosa briefly and talk about the other three teams in particular Clemson. I think that the Tigers have got a really bright future, but like you just said, I think the moment was a little big. I think for their first postseason experience, the Rhodes house was the wrong place to go. And uh, it just, it just didn't lead to a very successful formula this weekend, but Valerie Cagle has got some talent and that's a team that's going to be around for a long, long time under John Rittman. Not a flash in the pan at all is Clemson. They're going to be around for a long time. Their best player is a freshman in Kegel, like you said, um, she's going to have to learn just how to be able to uh, kind of settle down a little bit. And because uh, I think really by the end of that last game, I think she had finally settled in in the circle, especially by then it was too little too late, a little bit undisciplined at the plate. She'll have to continue to to improve that way. But it's it's a, a quite a program that's being built there. And the fact that they were a regular season champion of a power five conference and a two seed in the Tuscaloosa Regional uh, in the second year of a program. Certainly very, very impressive. They had a really good game against Troy on Saturday to get back into the the championship game. So I thought it was a a good performance by Troy as well. Uh, I thought there was some good softball played overall, uh, but Alabama is certainly the class of the entire regional. All right, so we've already talked about Alabama's Super Regional opponent. That will be Kentucky. They got out of the very topsy-turvy Lexington Regional. We saw Notre Dame just crush the Wildcats in the winner's bracket game. But then Kentucky came right back, and then the two games on Sunday outscored the Irish 11-0. 
Miami of Ohio, you know, I was a little disappointed by their performance, especially in the elimination game against Northwestern. Northwestern gave Kentucky some fits here and there, but uh, this this did come down to the Irish and Kentucky. And I think just watching that game and watching how the end of that regional played out, I think the Irish played really tight. I think they got nervous, and I think Kentucky really took advantage of that. We talk about it, and we talk about it with programs like Alabama, Florida, that learning to win and win at a high level is a skill and, and you have to be able to have that, that knowledge, that clutch gene, whatever it is. Uh, and whatever Alabama and Florida, those type of programs have, uh, Notre Dame has the opposite. The fact that they have never played in a super regional, despite being a seeded team before being a team like this, that that is very capable of winning a regional and have not done it. Not sure why it is, but they have not been able to get through and, uh, yeah, I agree. I thought they, you know, because Kentucky came out from the word go, ready to go there. Uh, and you would think Notre Dame would have been a little bit more prepared and a little bit more dialed in from from the get-go. And so Kentucky blew them out in the first game. And the second game was was closer. Just couldn't, couldn't get anything done offensively for Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah, you know, just disappointing. Again, that was a good Notre Dame team. I picked yeah. them. I had yeah. it. I was ready. Ooh. And it just, it didn't happen. So maybe it was me. I'm sorry if that's the case. <laughs> Let's go to Tucson. And I'm just going to go ahead and fast forward to the regional final. Tom, Arizona Ole Miss got off the rails last night. We saw Ole Miss take a 6 nothing lead. Arizona, you know, chip away a little bit. Then explode and go from down 6-3 to up 11-6. And then we saw Ole Miss not respond well, now the atmosphere was enhanced. There were a couple iffy calls. I will definitely say that it could have gone either way. And Ole Miss just didn't handle it very well. We saw a bat point. We saw a some facial expressions. We saw a smirk. We saw a bump slash shove. If you want to look at the hand placement of an umpire, it just really got off the rails. And and I was shocked there were no ejections on either side because I thought Arizona would be like, now wait, hold on. What, how are yeah. we going to let this all slide here? But uh, everybody, you know, kept on playing. And I just think it was a bad look for Ole Miss in that game. Terrible look. Terrible look for Ole Miss. They should really be ashamed for, for what they did. That being said, I think the officials and the umpires, I think they lost control. And part of you shouldn't be looking to eject people. An ejection is a way to settle everything down sometimes yeah. is a way to reel everybody back in. And I think there should have been an ejection before the shove ever happened. You should have either ejected Gillespie or ejected the old miss batter after who I don't remember who it was, but Latham. who reacted the way she did. Right. Latham who reacted the way she did. Um, not just a strike should have just ejected her because at that point you are showing up the umpire, you are being disrespectful and you're just being outright belligerent. And especially balls and strikes, you can't do that. If a coach comes out and, and gets it, and, you know, reacts that way, nine times out of 10, they're going to be ejected. Uh, mm -hmm. So there should have been an ejection before the shove even happened, but the shove certainly should have resulted in an ejection. I mean, was um, that not a rule? I know growing up as I was playing school oh, in high school, you ever touch the official at all with intent. Mm -hmm then you're gone. And sometimes we've seen accidental bumps and mm -hmm. that's led to ejections. Right. 
So, and I heard the seven, I don't know of the particular incidents a little bit before my time, but I've heard Lisa Fernandez in a World Series game got ejected for accidentally touching an umpire. So it it, ha- it has happened before. I place a little bit of the blame on the umpire and crew, not for necessarily missed calls, but for not gaining control of the situation before it got out of hand. Uh, but that being said, I was not shocked at all that Ole Miss was a team that was involved in this. We have seen them. We have seen how they react in tough situations when things aren't going their way and you know the reed is a tough place to play it's it's very similar to the Rhodes house uh some things were said at the Rhodes house when Ole Miss was getting swept by the crimson tide to end the regular season so that's that is a poor reflection on the coaching staff it's a poor reflection on the team and of the program and uh something has to you know if I was the administration in Oxford I would uh, be demanding something be done. Mm. It'll be interesting to see what Ole Miss looks like next year. We're going to do the preview of 2022, which, wow, uh, that wow. sounded weird, right? <laughs> We're going to do that at some point at the end of the year, kind of do a little you know, preface for next season. And Ole Miss, I think, is going to be a really fascinating team to track. I will say about Arizona, good performance. Congrats to you. I will say a little alarming that they somewhat struggled with Ole Miss, an SEC team who wasn't playing well. And also they did it at home, which they did all year long, but where they struggled was on the road. So we'll see how they handle this upcoming weekend against Arkansas. Now the Razorbacks got through the Fayetteville regional pretty easily, you know, not, not super duper breezy as some of the teams we've talked about, but 8-0 over Manhattan, 4-0 over South Dakota State, 7-3 over Stanford, Mary Half, Autumn Storms, carried most of a load with Mary Half doing a lot of the heavy lifting. I was impressed, but I feel like they did what they had to do, and now we will see this weekend for sure whether this Arkansas team is ready to win a national championship because let's say they come out and sweep Arizona, then I'm a big-time believer in this team. Yeah, I don't know if – I'm not sure if I'm going to go national championship level, but – World Series level is a definite possibility, which is what I pick. So we'll, uh, obviously it's a possibility. But <laughs> the I, I, the most impressive thing to me about Arkansas in this regional is, you know, the never been there before type feel didn't seem to come into play for Arkansas. They were they went out and took care of their business. You know, Stanford gave them gave them a little bit of of a tough go as the Cardinal had the tying run come to the plate in the seventh inning. Then then they were able to shut it down took care of a, a could have been a dangerous mid-major in South Dakota State as well without there being much issue. So um, I, I think the most Im- impressive thing about it was that Arkansas just went out and took care of the business. Moving on down the right side, the Baton Rouge Regional. Tom, where the heck has this LSU offense been? You know, 10 runs against McNeese, 10 runs against Louisiana. They're shut out by Kendra Lamb, and then they respond with eight runs and a lot of them coming off Kendra Lamb, who got the start for Louisiana in the If Necessary game. This LSU offense showed up for the first time in a long time, and that makes me believe in them a little bit more ahead of Supers. Yeah, and you knew the fact they're facing a Raging Cajun team that that had familiarity with them, was going to come in and have that chip on their shoulder that they always do, uh, forcing that If Necessary game. Real impressive by LSU to be able to come back after that to have that offense show back up. Yeah, if, if they have that type of offensive production, uh, they can play with everybody. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I thought I was I was really impressed to see see them be able to do that. You know, both of us we thought Louisiana was going to come out of that that regional, 
maybe at some point LSU is starting to play with a little chip on the shoulder themselves, uh, which could be scary. Yeah. Also, I want to highlight the story of Jenna Cohn. She got hurt early on against Louisiana, third baseman for George Washington. She didn't play the rest of that game against the Cajuns. And then against McNeese, she was given a chance to pinch hit her final career at bat as a collegiate player for the Colonials. And she got a base hit, limped slash ran to first base. It was really cool. It was tweeted by the George Washington softball Twitter. So go check that out. The Tallahassee regional, Tom, was kind of what we expected. Not much scoring. Florida State kind of choke holding everybody. And the Seminoles and LSU will meet up in Supers next week. Also, Tom, Auburn goes 0-2. And I think that leads to some questions ahead of 2022. Yeah, uh, Auburn goes 2-Q and, and, and did not play Florida State. They lost to UCF and Kennesaw State. Uh, so I, I think that's a, you know, a disappointing performance if you're Auburn, but also one that I think some people, uh, a lot of people, if they were really following along, will have probably saw, see coming. I was, I thought it was kind of a lackluster season overall by Auburn. They got this higher seed because they had such a good RPI because of their strength of schedule. But I don't think their overall body of work really warranted a two seed in a region but they were able to get one yeah certainly some some issues some coaching decisions on who was playing and who was not playing who was on the roster who was available and did never never saw action certainly raises some questions for for mickey dean oh boy are you drawing upon some twitter fodder from one of our friends i i just i just saw the questions i'm just i'm just saying <laughs> oh well, man this, when the offense is obviously the issue like why put out the same offense every week, you know, in every game, you know, try something different, you know, move some people around, bring in, bring in other people's get, you know, give them a shot. There's talent on that roster, but they just never really showed up this year. It was really shocking to see Shelby low pitch poorly against UCF early in that game. And that's the game where the offense showed up. And then in the elimination game, Shelby low pitches her heart out after yeah. giving up a run in the first inning on a play that was actually a double play, bases loaded, right. nobody out, and the offense helped her not one bit. You can't score against Kennesaw State, who also gets their first ever tournament win against Auburn? Yeah. Not the best look. No. All right, let's go down to the bottom right. Tempe, Virginia Tech gets out of there. Arizona State, another seeded team, eliminated early they were out on friday is that regional finished up on saturday and tom keely rochard is going to be a, a tough out the rest of this postseason as my boy pete demore i guess i'm claiming him back now that his team is in supers they get out of arizona state the sun devils admittedly not fully healthy allison royalty never confirmed as injured but y'all she was hurt i mean otherwise yeah. she would have thrown at some mm -hmm. point and maddie hackbarth was never 100 as well but you know, still Virginia Tech took advantage. I mean, they're not going to go light on you just because you're missing two good players. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rochard is, as the kids say, a problem uh, for <laughs> whoever uh, whoever she's going to be facing now against UCLA. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But uh, really, really impressive performance by Virginia Tech as a whole. BYU, I thought, was really good, and especially knocking out Arizona State. That was a really good back-and-forth game in the elimination matchup between the Sun Devils and, and the Cougars. So. I I think it was just one of those. It, it was a good matchup. It was a bad matchup overall for Arizona State, and it was a good matchup for the two and three seeds in that regional. We go to the bottom right, the 
Los Angeles Regional. We're talking to Terry Henry next, by the way. But UCLA struggled here. I mean, you know, Fresno State was two outs away from beating them in the winner's bracket game. Autumn Peace threw a really good game against UCLA from Minnesota. It was 2-1 Bruins. But, I mean, there was one inning where they got to her, and other than that, she shut them down. I would say that some of the concerns I have for Oklahoma pitching kind of carry over into the UCLA offense because there were just too many quiet innings for the Bruins and they were hitless. They were 0 for 17 going into the seventh inning against Fresno state with runners in scoring position. And you just expect better from UCLA. Yeah. It's kind of gotten to the point now, having watched what they've done in regionals that if you could combine UCLA and Oklahoma, give, Oklahoma's offense with UCLA's pitching, that would be that generationally great team that we were thinking both of those teams could be uh, coming into this year. Uh, but uh, I think both Oklahoma and UCLA are vulnerable because they they are not just 100% elite in all phases of the game. Uh, so, and it kind of showed that if you have an elite pitcher, you know, that, that is hitting her spots and, and is not allowing the walks and, and the free passes and, a good defense, you can you can keep UCLA off the board. You, we, we have seen what the template is to beat both UCLA and Oklahoma. It's just whether or not you're able to execute that and you have the uh, have the overall talent to do so because, I mean, that's, that's what happened here is you have Minnesota and Fresno State. Fresno State has obviously the great pitcher, uh, but not the offense to be able to back her up. Uh, and then Minnesota, kind of the same way. Yeah. Man, I would say that the two things that I really took away from regionals are kind of what you're saying. Oklahoma and UCLA, they played well. They played really well. They didn't lose a game, but they showed some cracks. And I think that that means once we get to OKC, all bets are off. You're going to see, I think, some interesting scores in the Women's College World Series this year. Not If not outright upsets, certainly some teams challenging those two that maybe you weren't expecting. Yeah, because it's been an almost foregone conclusion since this season started. It was going to be Oklahoma and UCLA in the championship series, and it might still end up being. They're the one and two seeds. If everything goes shocks, that's how it's going to be. They are certainly not unbeatable. They, they are gettable. Uh, you have to play extremely well to do so. And as I always say, if you make it to Oklahoma City, you can win the World Series, and, and yeah. I think it's still the case. I think all eight teams that make it to Oklahoma City – will have a legitimate chance to win the World Series. All right, Tom, let's say we uh, talk to one of our friends. How about that? It's been a while since we've done an interview over the Zoom. It has. Yeah, we, we just took care of it ourselves last podcast. So uh, happy to be talking with Tara, who I don't think we've talked to since kind of the beginning of the season. Yeah, so like it's been a little while. three, maybe? That, oh, wow. Yeah. I feel bad. I should have booked her sooner. But we will chat with the former UCLA standout and one of the awesome writers at D1 Softball, Tara Henry. And we get back. We have advanced to first. But now, Tom, do you see it over there? It's time to steal second. Patrick Murphy has given us the green light. We can go. We are Bailey Hemphill. Nothing will stop us. We are stealing second here on the Out of the Box Podcast. Tara Henry coming up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to the Out of the Box podcast. Ray Robertson, Tom Canterbury. It is the Supers show. We are talking NCAA tournament, what happened last week in regionals, and what is going to go down this weekend in the Super Regionals. And we are joined by my dear friend, by a friend of the podcast, by one of the coolest Bruins out there, Tara Henry from D1 Softball. Tara, hello. How are you? Oh my goodness. I am still recovering from an exciting weekend of softball. And I love that you just said I was one of the coolest. That makes me so happy. (laughs) Coolest Bruins, you know? My God. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I know two, and you're both very cool. So <laughs> that's well, you know only two Bruins. Come on, Greg. Three. I know Rick Neuheisel. He's he's my non-softball Bruin. You know him? Oh yeah. He, oh, he's he, got he's got to be like third by by a lot though in in the rankings. Uh, Rick, good dude. <laughs> here, great to be here. it's good to see you and also i'm just gonna get it out of the way yes everyone we have not forgotten we owe tara and jen stakes in okc that's gonna happen we're what two weeks a week away from that is it it's about a week actually like like 10 days right i will be in oklahoma city on wednesday so whatever day you all would like to take us to dinner um you just let us know. I can't, I can't wait to have my steak dinner for, wait, what was that bet for again? I can't really remember. What, why did we bet? Did mm. What was that for? Anyway, let's move on and talk about, <laughs> and talk about a, a different NCAA tournament. I need, I need to go, to go put on my Alabama regular season and tournament SEC championship <laughs> basketball shirt now, just to have some good feelings about myself. Uh, the pain oh it was it was so painful Uh, it was so great and then so terrible all in like a 10 minute stretch oh it was so rough Uh. Mm. well we've really set the tone for this interview so let's just dive right in to the conversation about regionals tara we talked about it on the podcast last week we talked about it on the air this week it was just so cool to see the ncaa tournament back finally it's been such a long time since we had seen postseason softball, I know the number that kept going around was 716 days between pitches. I mean, how was it for you to finally just get to sit down and watch postseason softball? And then for the most part around the country for it to live up to the hype. You know, we talked about this um, earlier, um, Re and I uh, on D1 softball, we were talking about this. And remember a year ago when everybody just was so, just wanted to play softball. All they wanted to do was play softball. They didn't care who was in the other dugout. They didn't care where it was. They didn't care at what time it was. Um, gosh, things have changed in a year. Um, <laughs> but I, um, it was just so amazing to have the exposure for our sport, to, the ability to watch every single game and highlight some incredible performances all across the board. Not, you know, the mid-majors showed up, showed up and, um you know obviously the big the big time names were there as well but just gosh I'm exhausted but I'm so happy that we have our sport back and that they get to be on the field and 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 play the game that we love and we get to watch the game that we love to watch 
you mentioned mentioned the exposure and the coverage that softball got. Uh, it was amazing that I was sitting in the press box at the Rhodes House after Alabama played Clemson in the winner's bracket game on Saturday. And we had the 11 o'clock, so it was softball just the rest of the day. Alabama wasn't playing anymore. So I was watching a game happening in front of me, and I literally had 15 different Watch ESPN tabs up and just going back and forth between all of them. Uh, did you know you can only have a few going at one time and then it says you can't have that much and you have to re re refresh. Um, but it, it was just so awesome to be able to see uh, that coverage and to see everybody out there playing. And yeah, we were doing like we always do, complaining about the committees, complaining about the, uh, you know, the seatings and things like that. But once the tournament gets started, everyone's just full on in and it's, it's just, it's one of the best, if not the best uh, postseasons in all of sport. Yeah, and it's incredible that we have just a wealth of knowledge. You know, you've got sites all across the country and incredible former players calling these games. And um, mm -hmm. it's just, it's been amazing to to have the access to be able to watch um, each and every one of the games. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's just, I'm still so tired. I think I need some sleep. And uh other than that, I, I'm ready to do it all over again tomorrow. Thank God we have a few days break, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that being said, Tara, you know, I know that you and your setup had a bunch of TVs, but I also know that you always like to, you know, train your eye on something specifically when it's going down. So what regional had you locked in from start to finish all weekend long? <sighs> you know, I think everybody was locked into that Michigan, Washington, um, the regional up in Seattle. I think it Oklahoma's regional the in Norman, I think that Wichita State put on an incredible performance there. And, you know, Kentucky and Notre Dame yesterday, uh, Kentucky coming back to to take two from Notre Dame, it just it broke my heart. I mean, I think that's the six, 16th consecutive time that Notre Dame um, hasn't been able to get out of the regional. So Gosh, that one was a heartbreaker. But you know, Kentucky showed that they can come back and and win win two. Um, and then, I mean, it, we waited all day long for it. Texas, Oregon. <laughs> I mean, I, I know everyone's talking about it, but it was well worth the wait. It might have been too late at night, to be honest, but it was well worth the wait. And I'm just, I'm disappointed that that's not a super regional mass matchup. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We, you know, it happened. Um, it was a great game. They gave us some great softball. I'd love for Oregon to be in the Supers, but um, they did give us a great two games, and I think we're really lucky as fans that we were able to get that. Yeah, the uh, the D1 Fantasy Softball group text was alive and well at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I... that, that, that thing doesn't stop in no. general, but... <laughs> I, I'm old, so I, I fell asleep with with Michigan being up 5-1 on Washington in the winner-take-all game out in Seattle. And I was like, well, you know, I wish I could stay up, but I'm, I'm, I'm out. I can't, go any, I can't go anymore. Surely Michigan has this wrapped up. And then I wake up the next morning and, Mich and Washington's come back to win that one. Um, what, what did the Huskies really show you be able to come back and win that game and, and move into Super Regionals? You know, I think the question mark for Washington all year long has been the pitching staff and the, the MO has been, they can't do it without Gabby. 
uh, you know, Gabby's got to be in the circle. Gabby's got to be in the circle. And I think Pat Moore proved that Gabby doesn't have to always be in the circle. And, you know, Heather Tarr's done a great job all year long, whether people like it or not, giving her, her pitchers opportunities um, to be in tough, tough, tight positions. And, you know, Gabby's going to be Gabby. And they were down by five runs, but it was so early in the game that you actually saw their offense just kind of start stringing it together. Morgan Flores, you know, she's a staple and baby Kling, Bailey Klinger has had an incredible year. And then you got Sis Bates, you've got speed and uh, Taryn Atley. And it was Jalen Alchin's her, her home run that kind of set that, that entire inning off. I, I got a text from Jen who was flying. She goes, what happened in that inning? And I literally just took a screenshot of the stat cast. Cause I, there was a lot, I think I even tweeted like, Hey everybody, there's a lot that happened in the inning. I'm just gonna let you know, here's the score. Like Washington's now up, <laughs> but it was just, you know, they're starting to play like a championship uh, team and it, and it, it revolves around that culture. And, uh, it's going to be fun to watch them go into Norman and, and see how they handle uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. And um, yeah, I'm excited to watch that one. That's for sure. So we're going to talk about that super in a minute, but I do want to focus a bit on the Sooners because as much offense as they had this week, and there was plenty of it, you know, all the home runs, they put up 24 on Wichita state. Sometimes those big numbers overshadow a couple issues like the fact that Wichita State was able to score a lot of runs on this OU pitching staff. Morgan State couldn't, but I mean, it's Morgan State, no offense to Morgan State, but you know, OU just overpowered them in that one. But Wichita State proved to be, at least at times, you know, able to keep up offensively. So how much of a concern do you have about OU's pitching staff going into that Washington series after seeing what the Huskies offense could do against two of the best ERA pitchers in the country last night for Michigan? You know, we've actually spoken about this all year long and it was the one issue that OU was going to have heading into the postseason. You think about their strength of schedule, you think about who they played throughout the regular season and that pitching staff hadn't really faced an explosive offense. They did they did face ASU early in the season. I actually got to watch that game, but that was the first indication that the pitching was going to be where they needed to shore up heading into the postseason. Uh, I would say it's a little bit of concern, but um, at the end of the day, you know, I think Patty Gasso just does a great job getting her teams ready to play. They've got that championship mindset and, Heading in there, I think the Huskies are going to give them some issues. It's 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 going to be if they can be held down, which Gabby Plain can do that, um, and it's going to be if uh, an offense can get into those pitches because you've got G. Juarez, uh, you've got Shannon Flame, uh, Shannon Sale, who Gray and I um, both met in the FGCL last year, uh, Nicole May, and then Alana Thie. Um, So they've got a staff, but um, it is some it is a little bit of a concern. But again, I think Patty does a tremendous job. Um, Patty, Jen and, uh, Jen and JT getting that, that squad ready to go. So I wouldn't count them out, but it is something that I saw this weekend that um, I would be concerned if I was the coach. There were, there was a lot of chalk as usual in the regionals, but there was some upsets out there. Uh, what, was there a particular regional that kind of shocked you or, or came as a big surprise that the seeded team maybe didn't come out of, you know, I actually, in our D1 softball bracket, I chose Virginia Tech. Um, Me too. Because, so did Tom. Yeah. 
Did you, Tom? I did, yes. Um, you know, I think if I think if ASU was at full um, health, I think they probably would have gotten out of that regional, but they've been a little bit banged up. Um, and so Virginia Tech, Keely Richard, Keely Richard was Keely Richard, and their offense just stepped up big time. Um, so it wasn't necessarily a huge surprise, but it was there. And then um, James Madison, uh, I think Tennessee was a little bit high in terms of their national seed. Um, do I think Tennessee is fantastic with Ashley Rogers in the circle? Yes, Kiki Malloy, stud. Um, but uh, it was great to see JMU get out, get out of that regional. And I think um, Odyssey Alexander, obviously, she had an incredible um, regional. And I'm excited to see how they do against Mizzou. Um, and then Mizzou and their pitching, that was more of a surprise too. Um, I, I was just shocked. I, you know, you look, you think of Mizzou and you're like, what? No, uh, am I reading this right? A one hitter, a no hitter? What's going on here? Um, so pleasantly surprised with that. Um, but yeah, those are the few that uh, kind of uh, stuck out, stuck out to me. Um, and yeah, but just great games all around. Mm. I have to ask about the game yesterday that kind of took Twitter by storm. All of a sudden, Ole Miss Arizona blew up into this melee of craziness. Ole Miss had a 6 nothing lead. Arizona then suddenly could not stop getting hits. Everybody was hitting everything everywhere, all over the yard. And then Ole Miss got into a dicey situation. We saw Autumn Gillespie take exception to a called strike, leading to a strikeout in that AB, kind of give a little bat point to the home plate umpire, Bobby DeMeo. Then there was another strike call that led to some more controversy. And then a time call that led to a possible outer strike that was reversed. And then a bump of the umpire by an Ole Miss runner. Just what did you make of that entire situation? Because I was watching it and my jaw was on the floor while I was simultaneously tweeting, what is going on and, and how are, I mean, how, why? Just what do you think? You know, it started, it starts with, like you said, it's kind of started with the point, the bat point and, and you could feel the energy in that stadium. And it was, you know, it's a, an intense game. It's a, it's a postseason game. It's, a, you know, if you lose, you're out. And at that point, as a coach, as a player, as a staff, you, you've got to find a way to really reel that in there. I, I'm not a huge fan of the huge emotion and, 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 you know, saying, oh, it's just emotional. It's not about that. It's just being respectful at the end of the day. Uh, just be respectful of other human beings. It, it, you cannot like a call or a cold strike. You cannot like a call, but, you know, the thing I think of in my head is Sue Inkos used to always say to us, you know, control the controllables. You can't control the umpire. You can't control the call that he or she is going to make, uh, but you can control your actions. And I was just really disappointed that it, it escalated that quickly and it, it and, you never want to see a player uh, bump into an umpire. You shouldn't even be close to an umpire. Uh, it's unacceptable. And um, I did hear that she was pulled from the game um, for that. And I think, um, you know, you, you'd hope that Jamie uh, Traxel, uh, you know, goes back and, and takes care of that, which I'm, I'm hoping that she, she does. But there's been a series of incidents with Ole Miss like that. Um, there's some fire on that side. Uh, there's some fire on that side and you know they play like that but there's to a point to where you've got to respect one another and you've got to respect the game and mm -hmm. I think it crossed that line 
Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say from it because having seen Ole Miss in person four times, see them lose four times to Alabama um, or three times to Alabama and once in the SEC tournament, uh, you know, I wasn't shocked that Ole Miss was involved with something like that happening because, like you said, there just doesn't seem to be – and it, it kind of starts with Gillespie, but then it, it, the rest of the team too that there's just – very little in-game discipline on that team. It's just a, it's, it's, it's a, it, yeah, it's a sad I, state. I know that there was some, some chatter that happened during your game with Autumn and the, and the crowd at Bama. I mean, I think you guys were in the booth, but I'm sure you heard right. all about it. Um, you know, Autumn plays with fire. That's how she does. Some players are that way. That's, you know, you're going to have that, but I think when it escalated quickly, there's got to be somebody that, that, that steps up and becomes a leader and, and, takes care of it so that was that was tough to see and that game was crazy as well like you said yeah. I mean I, I, I looked I was watching I think two or three games at the point and I looked back and I said wait wait what's the score all of a sudden so then I'm locked into it I'm going this is wild yesterday was wild in general I know we say you know nobody's safe but yesterday was a wild day of softball it, it really was if you look at from the start at you know 12 eastern to what two eastern 12 12 in the afternoon to two in the morning, how much happened yesterday <laughs> when we were thinking, oh, the, the regionals are closing up really quickly. Um, and then it just kind of got, it was mayhem. It was simply mayhem. It went off the rails those last couple hours sure. on Sunday <laughs> night. I mean, all of a sudden we went from, oh, Ole Miss is leading comfortably. There'll be an if necessary game. Oregon, Texas might, you know, finish. We'll see to just, bang 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 insane things happening every couple minutes and with a lot of big innings in those late games too you know the Arizona I think eight runs Washington had seven in the one inning just all of a sudden offensive explosions and they were all happening within about an hour of each other it, it, it really it, honestly the the word I can use it was mayhem it really was mayhem all all at once in, in a series of like you said an hour or two and it was all happening at once. And they're all on the same screens. You're thinking, but I'm watching all, you know, at one point, I think I, there was 16 games on. I had 16 games available to watch and on yeah. different screens. And um, I mean, super lucky and fortunate that there's 16 games that I can actually view. But, um, you know, it was fun to just hone in on a few of them when when there was fireworks in, in whatever fashion that would have been. Uh, as crazy as it was across the nation, uh, Alabama just did what they uh, what they normally do, as uh, they continue to be the only program in the nation to advance to every super regional round there's ever been. Forty three straight regional games won, um, and another three uh, zero weekend, two wins over Clemson, and three shutouts. Uh, what did you take away from what Alabama did this weekend? You know, Alabama, in terms of what Patrick Murphy has done with the squad in terms of injuries and being able to manage that roster and get the team to a position to where they are playing like they are. Um, you know, Montana didn't have her best stuff yesterday, um, but you'll come out with a win. And, and I think it's just exciting to see um, players step in um, and take, take ownership of, of what they've done and, and give an opportunity but at the end of the day, I told you guys earlier, it was not that I didn't watch your games, but um, I was pretty secure in that you all were going to, you know, after that first win at Clemson, um, I felt pretty good about the regional. And, and it's nice to see Lexi uh, kill Flora back. And then Taylor Clark, 
she's done a, a spectacular job for 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 um, the tide. I, I say y'all because I just just associate you with Bama. Um, <laughs> like you guys are playing out there, you're hitting balls and strikes. Right. <laughs> After, we wouldn't after have we wouldn't have swept the regional. I'll tell you that. If we no, were I don't think play. so. <laughs> and it's funny how high the bar is for Montana. That and she didn't really have her best stuff. She and she has like gave up two hits, no runs. She walked two people and twelve strikeouts. Eh, see, it's so good. Yeah, kind of. All right. Yeah, I mean, if if you pulled her aside and asked her how are you pitching today, Montana, I think she would have told us it would have been a C plus B minus game, and she was uh, largely unhittable. I mean, it, honestly, in terms of pitching staffs across the country, in terms of arms in the circle, Montana is just incredible to watch because she throws the ball with such velocity, but she also is able to locate her pitches and spot them up into it. She just, and she just flat out competes. And mm. I think with Montana in the circle, um, I think, Bama has a great shot um, at getting pretty far into this tournament and hopefully uh, getting into that title game. I mean, I, you know, that would give us more time to eat steak in OKC, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can, we can bet on something else and you can buy me steak again. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and your thoughts on one of the reach the super regionals. I think it's one of the, it's the most interesting and intriguing one and it's uh, Arizona at Arkansas. You know, this is, it's because there's a lot of familiarity in a lot of the super regionals, but this is one. It's a real intersectional matchup. It's old money against new money. It's I mean, and and it's Arkansas. I think having a you know really having something to prove against Arizona, who's you know trying to get over that hump to get to the World Series. So, uh, your your thoughts on uh, on the Wildcats and the Hogs? For all you great Gatsby fans, East Egg versus West Egg. I don't know which is which. It's been a long time since junior right, That's high, another but... one, right? Yeah, that's a good time. Hey, I just want, I want to know old money. I mean, you, I, the Pac-12, are you saying the Pac-12 has money? I mean, Arizona, Arizona's old money. <laughs> right. No, they are. No, I just, you know what I'm Not saying. Not literal money. Not literal money. I know. I'm just dying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know. The Rita does look good now. I was really impressed nice. watching that regional because, I mean, I think it was SID Extraordinaire, as he's known on the show, Nathan Sheehan, who texted us and called it Rhodes West. It looked so exciting out there. Mm-hmm. No, they've died. I, I, I kid. They've done a great <laughs> job uh, at, at Rita. Hill and Brand is beautiful. It's a, it's a great place to play. It's, it's a tough place to play. Uh, we were mm. just talking about this. Those fans are ruthless um, in the pack. Like That's one of, I would say, there and up at the Jane. Are, are two tough places to play um but no in terms of arizona arkansas that's going to be a really interesting matchup because you know people had counted uh arizona out you know arizona had gone through that big stretch where they had that trip to florida i don't know if you all remember and mm-hmm. they dropped um a series of games they just didn't look like the arizona team that they normally do um so but they're starting to put together, starting to hit the ball. They've got Rena Caranco back as well. They've got Jan- Janelle Mionio in the, in the leadoff spot, uh, Denham and, and Bowen, and, and then Lopez. We saw Lopez this, this weekend in the circle. She, um, you know, she's had a tough year, and she, she straight up showed up and, and, and threw some great innings for them. So that's, that's really good to see. Is it going to be enough against the Bogle Bombers? I don't know because they, I mean, Lenny Melkin hit a ball foul. Well, foul. I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't think it was foul, mm. but um, 
I don't know, maybe it curved around. There was wind. I'm not quite sure. But she hit a ball. I swear to God. I'm like, how far is that thing? They just straight up, they hacked. Um, and then you've got Mary Half there. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. I actually chose Arizona in my bracket to get through there. But so did um, I. We'll see how that they're playing some good ball right now. Uh, and, you know, I got to back the pack somewhere because somebody's got to, right? Uh, that's another <laughs> story for another time. <laughs> oh, gosh. How, uh, what is the vibe with the Pac 12 right now? Because I think it's pretty much universally understood that it, it was a tough regional. You know, the draws weren't necessarily great, but then you got to back it up with performance. And a lot of teams didn't for the most part. I heard Jen on the seven innings live call it a quote disaster of a weekend for the PAC 12. So how is the vibe out West after this past weekend? Uh, I think, I think that PAC 12 knows that changes need to be made and it starts with the coaches that speaking to the administrations, then the administration figuring out how, um, you know, how we move forward from here as a conference. And it was a, it was a tough go after um, the selection committee announced where um, various programs were going. And um, I think it's a good learning uh, experience and, and there's no one to blame, but ourselves. And I'm saying ourselves in terms of being a part of the pack and, and, and being a, a, um, in it for a long time. So hopefully some changes are made and, and we can make sure that this doesn't happen again. And, and hopefully coaches are talking to their administrators and it's just not the pack. It's, it's the big 10 too. Um, mm. It's everybody. And we've got to figure out how we can get a selection committee that understands, um, you know, what kind of what's going on in our world. And, and that's, that's what needs to happen. Everyone can, can complain. How, how, how do we fix it? Can I, can I just throw out that if we made the D1 Fantasy Softball group chat and Tom, the selection committee, I think we could really bust out a really good bracket. <laughs> I, I'm Whatever we have to do to replace a, this committee, I'm cool with. So it works for me. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right there. Though. I mean, a lot of it was self-inflicted wounds in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, especially because of – I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but that, that the thought that they were going to make these decisions hamstringing everybody. And they just thought everyone was just kind of go, going to go along with them. We saw it in football. And then we even saw it here in, in this, in the winter and spring sports. Um, and everyone else didn't. And we're having in the playoffs and, and things as per usual. And it hurt because the PAC 12 and the big 10 didn't have the normal non-conference schedule they normally do. And, um, I don't know if it, it, that should have been taken more into consideration, probably on both sides, um, that, you know, some of it was kind of out of everybody's control. I just, there, I'm more upset today with how everything laid out than I think I was even last week. I mean, we were all pretty upset about it, but then as things transpired and, and the games were played, I'm super sad for a variety of reasons. I, I just don't think Oregon should have been, I don't think they should be out. I think they should have been, I should think they should have hosted. Um, and that was evident last night in watching them. And, you know, Texas got hot at the right time. They hadn't been playing very well. 
that team, that Texas team. And, and Mike White got that team to come together and, and play some really good, solid softball. Um, and, you know, the Michigan-Washington. Michigan-Washington, That are you kidding me? If you watch that game, there's no way in – there's just no way that was a regional matchup. It just, you can't tell me that was. And I was super impressed with Minnesota. We haven't even talked about the Los Angeles regional. I feel like we've just glazed over LA. Um, But Amber Pfizer, Autumn Pease, I mean, Minnesota, and Haley Dulcini, Fresno State. We didn't even talk about the pitching that was in Los Angeles. I mean, are you kidding me? I think it was great for for UCLA to to face that type of pitching. And that's going to prepare them um, to to face Keely Rochard this next weekend. But um, just incredible matchups. I just, you know, uh, I'm sad for Michigan. I'm sad for Oregon, but again, there's nothing we can really do about it other than how do we fix it and how do we make it better? How do we, how do we change it? So it doesn't happen again. All right. One more thing I want to get to before we let you go, Tara there. I, well, partially two things. Cause I do want you to say some things about UCLA, Virginia tech. Cause I think it's interesting that we saw UCLA. I don't want to say struggle, but they looked uncomfortable at times this weekend against really good pitching. And it's hard to find a pitcher other than maybe Montana Fouts, who's as hot right now than Keely Rochard. But the biggest news of the night last night, which was something that I had heard a rumor about, but it was confirmed during the Michigan Washington game. And then also during Texas, Oregon was that we've got a softball game this weekend on a B fricking C Saturday that's incredible. How big is that for this sport? I mean, it is huge. Are you kidding? Like, we are going to see softball. I mean, you ba- basically on ABC, it's going to give our sport so much exposure. It's going to, you know, you've got OU, um, this perennial power that, I mean, how many home runs are going to be hit? We don't know, but it is, it is the Saturday game. I mean, who, who knows? Or is it going to be a pitcher's duel? Uh, 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 is you know we'll see but it's huge for our sport it's incredible the exposure that we're going to get for for just for softball are you kidding me it's going to be on abc anyone can watch it set your dvrs make sure you're 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 able to view it um i think it's pretty much the first time it's happened in our sport i mean i can confirm that for you and let you know but it's the first time it's happened for for women's softball and for it to be the super regionals not even women's cold world series uh I'm just ecstatic, and we would hope that we'd maybe get another slot for uh, OKC. Let's cross our fingers. <laughs> All right, anything you want to add about UCLA, Virginia Tech? Does Virginia Tech have a chance to get a game, yes or no? Um, I think so. If they, if they hit like they did this last weekend, I, I, I think they could possibly get a game. Uh, who knows? I think you're right. UCLA looked a little bit uncomfortable. They might come out and, and play lights out because when those bats heat up, it's super scary. That lineup is super scary when those bats heat up. Mm. Um, but I would say, I think Virginia Tech has, has the ability to get one, especially if Keeley's on and um, they can hold down that offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they went to three, um, three there in LA. Yeah, that's the last thing Rachel Garcia needs. Offensive help behind her. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just still do it herself. She's like, okay, that's you guys true. she today. is the I'll offensive help. <laughs> I'll just take care of it. Like if, uh, fine like this is this is too much let me just go up there and i'll take care of it like she did against fresno state um so she's just she's a special human being she's a special player and um i think that will be a fun one to watch and, and see how the bruins do 
Mm, it's going to be a big weekend. We're very excited to watch it. Tara Henry joining us here as we steal second on the Out of the Box podcast. Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to see you. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, can't wait for my steak dinner in OKC. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> So that was Tara Henry. We talked a lot about regionals and we talked a little about supers, but now let's dive in a bit deeper as we get ready to round third here on the Out of the Box podcast. We will break down each super regional matchup that's coming up when we get back. Welcome back to the pod. We're rounding third. Ray Robertson. Tom Canterbury. Tom, always good to chat with Tara. I'm really excited to see her and Jen, although I don't really know what the ESPN's rules of Jen will actually be able to come and get steak with us. Although, actually, separate note, Jen told me she doesn't like steak, so she's going to be ordering something else there. She doesn't eat steak. I don't know why. It's like a pot roast bet or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, but They might have chicken at Cattleman's. Maybe. I don't know. Ron Swanson would never... No. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. You seem to have brought me the thing that my food eats. <laughs> no, sir. I'm worried you misunderstood me. I do want all of the bacon and eggs. Right. I don't, not some, all. Oh, boy. Let's talk about supers. All right. We've got the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, two of them, actually. Usually there are more, so I was surprised to see just two get that billing. And then six starting on Friday, including one that will be on ABC, as we talked about with Tara. We'll get to that in a bit. But the Thursday, Friday, Saturday matchup that will feature the commentating team of Kevin Brown and Amanda Scarborough. Amanda told me that she's excited to go and get some gumbo and jambalaya and all the good eats that you have in Baton Rouge will be Florida State at LSU. And I also told Amanda, like, I'm not going to lie, Scarborough. I'm, that's a pretty boring matchup to me. It, it doesn't entice me. I'm not super excited about it. That seems, even with LSU's recent offensive resurgence, that seems like the kind of series that will go three, all with two, one, three, two games that, you know, don't have a ton of drama. It, it could very well be, uh, like I think we talked about last week, that the Tallahassee Regional and the LS, and the Baton Rouge Regional kind of like the least interesting regionals overall, and then now they're going to they're gonna meet up here in Supers. Um, but I think it really does come down to, is that LSU team that we saw in Regionals going to be the team that shows up in Baton Rouge against Florida State? Because if it does, I think LSU wins and maybe wins relatively easily. If the LSU team that we saw show up periodically throughout the regular season that um, gave up a lot of runs and couldn't score uh, shows up Florida State could be the one to advance and uh, do I think either one of these teams really is the top eight team in the country probably not but that's how the the bracket falls and if I you know we'll be picking in a little while uh, but I think you can tell what my early lean is going to be yeah you know it's interesting to me though because we saw series this year where LSU lit it up I mean they were playing really good softball and then they would come out the next weekend and just not have it. You know, they wouldn't be able to score. They, they would have some pitching issues. So can LSU avoid that Jekyll and Hyde syndrome that has kind of swirled around their entire season? That'll be what I'm watching out for. Also, can Florida State get some consistent offensive production? You know, in that 3 nothing game over UCF in the regional final, 
all three runs were scored on Cassidy Davis home runs, a solo shot and a two run shot. There was no help elsewhere in the lineup. And I think to beat LSU, you're going to have to have some consistent offensive production from more than just one person. I don't think one person is going to be able to outscore the Tigers. That's kind of like the, the overall theme of this entire super regional is who is going to have consistent production. And because we've seen both these teams kind of have an up and down year. The other Thursday through Saturday, Super Regional, Virginia Tech at UCLA. Keely Rochard, as we talked about earlier, piping hot. I mean, you don't want to play her, but you also don't really want to play UCLA because they're UCLA. And Rachel Garcia, while she did have a weird moment against Fresno State, especially in extras where she gave up three runs in the eighth, you know, it's still UCLA. So I'm not totally confident Virginia Tech can – win a game here let alone win the series but if Rochard gets hot anything is possible we did see this past weekend UCLA struggle against really good pitching and I think that's kind of the the issue there and I think Tara said it right I think overall it's probably going to be good for UCLA that they face that type of pitching in regionals to get them set to take on Rochard um, I think if they if they'd kind of breeze through regionals it might have been even worse for Virginia Tech but I think I think UCLA is going to be ready uh, so I'd be surprised if Virginia Tech gets a game here. But if they do, it's going to be because Richard is is absolutely on fire and and they just find a way to scratch a run or two across against either Garcia or Faramo. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that we have seen Kelly I have very quick hooks with both Garcia and Faramo in, in and out, back and forth. And you just kind of hope that there's not a situation for UCLA where the the hook is pulled at the wrong time. That's the other thing that, that could be an issue, but overall, I think UCLA should have this one. Yeah, Virginia Tech, though, not an offense to be trifled with. I mean, they've had a couple FGCL Player of the Week winners and nominees on that roster. Kelsey Brown, Kelsey Bennett have both had yeah. good years. Jamie Bailey. So, you know, we'll see. But if UCLA gets to Keely Rochard at all, that's all she wrote. They just don't have the depth behind right. her in the circle. All right, let's go to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday bunch. We will start with the ABC series. I am just like so pumped for this. Oklahoma, Washington in Norman. It is 16 versus one inexplicably, but here we are. Can Gabby Plain do it? You know, you say yes. I say no. I think either way, it's a a series that commands your attention. And by the way, folks, just wanted to make sure this is clear. The Saturday game is the one on ABC that is at 2 o'clock Central Time. Go ahead and DVR right now. But I'm just really intrigued to watch this one because, as you said earlier, OU is finally facing an elite pitcher. You know, you could put Eberle up there, but I think – Plain is in a different level. That's why she's a top three national player of the year. And I just really want to see what happens. Yeah, I do too. It's going to be, the whole thing is going to be whether or not Oklahoma can get to Gabby Plain because I think Washington is going to be able to score some runs on Oklahoma. A lot of people have scored runs on Oklahoma. The problem is Oklahoma scores 20. So you have to, you have to avoid that. And obviously, you know, they're not going to score 20 on Gabby Plain. So you're going to need Gabby to be at her at her absolute best. Um, if she can keep Oklahoma to a couple of runs a game, then I think Washington has every opportunity, not just win a game, but to win the series. Whew. It's going to be, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I, I agree with you. I think Washington will get some runs across. You know, if they can get consistency, consistent hitting from the bottom of the order, like we saw in the regional against Michigan, then 
that's going to make it an even tougher task for Oklahoma pitching. But yeah, you know, if Gabby Plain is able to shut down OU, I think the Huskies can get through this. The question is, can she shut them down twice? And I just don't have an answer to that. We will find out. I do expect Washington to win a game. I will go ahead and leak somewhat my prediction here. I think this one will go three. All right, let's go to, where do you want to go? Let's go to Gainesville. How about that? Okay. What's happening in Gainesville? Oh, we'll go ahead and leave Gainesville because Florida's going to win that series. But no, nah, just kidding. We'll, we'll talk about it a bit. Georgia at Florida. I will say, Mary Wilson Avant one hit Florida earlier this year. You know, the last time the Bulldogs went to Gainesville, there was the famous walk-off, the 16-over-1 Super right. Regional. And yet, you know, all of that factored in. I'm still pretty convinced Florida wins easily. But I have seen the truth have great games this year, and she had two of her better performances in the regional against Troy. So, you know, maybe it happens. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going to be the the way to do it. You're going to have to ride Mary Wilson Avant. Maybe it's one of those situations where you try to, if you win game one, you rest Avant, pitch everybody else, hope to maybe win a slugfest, but then rest Avant for game three and, and hope she can do it again. I think that's really Georgia's only chance at it. I'm kind of with you. I think Florida probably wins it pretty easily. But if uh, if Avan is absolutely on fire, like we have seen her happen before, it's a, it's a possible situation for Georgia. It's just not very likely. I don't know. I'm intrigued. At least the game starts at 11. So ESPN in games two and three are really trying to, you know, churn that one out and move on to the Tuscaloosa games in particular <laughs> on, uh, yes. on Saturday. Let's just get this one over with, guys. Yes. <laughs> There's no cocktail party that I'm aware of. So wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> the Stillwater Super Regional, Texas at Oklahoma State, the five versus 12. We already saw this earlier this year. Oklahoma State swept Texas. Here we are again. I mean, what do you think? You know, Texas, eh, I still yeah. don't feel good about them. I didn't, you know, they played well against Texas State, but Texas State put so much into their performance and went over Oregon. It would have been really hard, I think, for them to win that one too. You know, Molly Jacobson pitched her heart out, but I, I feel like Oklahoma State will be ready for her if she comes out to pitch. They've seen Shea O'Leary. They've hit Shea O'Leary this year. It's hard for me to look away from what Oklahoma State did this past weekend and not think as well as Texas played, the Cowgirls are just in a better position overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you. I think Oklahoma State just better than Texas is uh, in general. Again, it's a lot of these teams, the lower-seeded teams, they're going to have to – get a really hot pitcher and whether it's O'Leary or Jacobson or whoever it is for Texas is going to have to just be out of her mind to keep Oklahoma state uh, off the, off the scoreboard. And if you're able to do that, you may be able to score enough runs. If you're Texas, if you have a really hot pitcher, uh, but that's pretty much the only chance. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Tom. I don't think I'm going to watch very much of this super regional. I don't think I'm going to have a reason to, but yeah. prove me wrong, Texas. Prove me wrong. Yeah. That's what I mean. Kind of, kind of the reverse of you know. If you're Washington, if you think you were underseated, go out and play. You know, play lights out and prove everyone wrong. If you're Texas, you make you're kind of defending your seat because everyone says you were overseated. Go out there and prove this that you should be where you are. Um, the win over Oregon does some of that, uh, but 
not getting blown out by Oklahoma State, we'll do a lot more of it. Yes, uh, win a game. That's, You're right. You know, let's start there and give move that on. a shot. See what happens. <laughs> you called this one of the most interesting supers matchups. I agree. Arizona at Arkansas. Bogle's going to be rocking. West Egg, East Egg, old money, new money. They're battling it out in Fayetteville. They can eat all of the grilled cheeses in between <laughs> games. Lucky them. I picked Arizona to win that series before the tournament started. My opinion has shifted a bit because I think that Arizona is struggling and giving up a lot of runs to an Ole Miss offense that isn't explosive by any means is a little alarming going into Fayetteville with the big bats in that lineup. But boy, overall, I'm just, I'm so intrigued because we're actually going to get to see some pack versus sec action here in super regionals. Are you are you calling this the the outer banks against the townies? Is this is this what's happening here? Wow, look at that! Yeah, the, yeah. the pogues, right? The, the pogues. pogues. Yes, <laughs> is that what I think so? He said the old money and the new money with Arkansas and Arizona coming in, and like I said, I think it's just it's a real interesting matchup. It's a it's a game that we don't see a lot. It's a matchup we don't see a lot. Arizona does travel they've they've come to tuscaloosa i don't know if they've ever been to bogle park so it's going to be a fun atmosphere arkansas having not been to supers before like i said uh, the most impressive thing about regionals was that they played like it was just any other time they just took care of their business uh arizona had some issues in in regional play it's just whether or not they're able to take that game they play at the rita and take it on the road they weren't able to do so earlier in the year um now they're going to go into the arkansas team that can really mash yeah, and I think something to watch, how much is Autumn Storms used? I mean, she had a quick hook in that Stanford game. She gave up three runs, all unearned, but mm-hmm. still she gave up the hits, allowing the runs to come in. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, if Mary Half has to pitch all three games, I think that heavily favors Arizona. Yeah, I, I think the way that we've seen Autumn Storms be used at this point, it kind of shows they just don't think that they that she can pitch a complete game. They're not going to rely on her to try to pitch a complete game. So just not for probably health reasons. We're going to get as much as we can out of her, have the quick hook, and then bring in bring in half. I, I would hope. I would think their hope would maybe be pitch half, win game one, start storms in game two, and then bring in half to close it out, and hope that they only have to play two games. And that's that's best case scenario for Arkansas. I'm going to watch that one though. That is no Texas oh, yeah. Oklahoma State. I will have my eyes. I'm glad ESPN set the schedule to where that game is like many, many hours after the Alabama-Kentucky one. So we will not have an issue watching that one. Finally, other than the Alabama Super Regional, the one that is so cool is James Madison at Missouri. Larissa Anderson came from Hofstra. Michaela Transu, volunteer assistant, my dear friend, played at Hofstra under Larissa Anderson. They're on staff at Missouri. And they welcome in the old CAA rival in the Dukes, led by Odyssey Alexander. You know, we kind of talked about this earlier. I think Missouri, if they get pitching like they did last weekend, has a big advantage here. But, you know, there are going to be a lot of people pulling for James Madison here because the Dukes have become really the Cinderella story of this postseason. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, the thing is that you have the Cinderella story with James Madison. And I think you're going to get to the point because I, th- I think Missouri is also kind of a Cinderella story. I think they're a really good, they're a really good story. What Larissa has done bringing in uh, the new regime there in, in Columbia did not end up having to serve the unjust post-game, post-season suspension uh, discounted toward last year and, and having the opportunity to play uh, full-on this year, play for something. And uh, to finish fourth in this conference, 
I thought, I thought it was really impressive getting the eight overall seed. Um, so you could make an argument that Missouri is also a Cinderella here, but yeah, you're going to get the people that don't have a dog in a fight that are definitely going to be for James Madison uh, for no other reason than they're the Cinderella and they just don't want another SEC team to make. <laughs> I mean, there could possibly be five SEC teams. There are already two SEC teams in the World Series. The winner of Guaranteed. Georgia, Florida, and the winner of Alabama, Kentucky will move on to OKC. So it's not helpful for the teams and the people that don't <laughs> like. It just means more as a mantra. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing we heard during this entire the, during the selection show, how much of a SEC love fest it was. And I was like, well, kind of should have been. I mean, been, it, would, it was the best and deepest conference all year long. And, and the one that was able to show it the most because they were allowed to play non-conference games. Helps when you can play mm-hmm. a full schedule. Certainly does. Anything you want to touch on in Kentucky, Alabama that we haven't already, you know, I think from the Kentucky standpoint, they probably have to be rolling their eyes too. Like, God, really? I mean, Alabama, you know, because I think Kentucky is an interesting matchup. If I paired them right now with, let's say Florida state, I would, you know, maybe think about leading Kentucky. If I paired them with Texas or with Oklahoma state, you know, uh, that's a better matchup for the Wildcats. But I just think that at some point, game planning goes by the wayside when you faced a team enough times and it just comes down to talent and Alabama is more talented than Kentucky is top to bottom. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you gotta, if you're Alabama, you gotta keep uh Kowalik from, from being the one to beat you, you know, just kind of, you know, take care of her and then let the chips fall your, where they may elsewhere. And then just be ready and, and be quick with the adjustments which is something Alabama has done a better job of as the season has gone along of adjusting to the second or third pitcher, you know, be ready for, for a change at any point and just continue to play. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And you know what, why don't we go ahead and pick these super regionals? Are you ready to just throw out more predictions, Tom? It's something we do every show. Yes, I'm ready to go. Mm. We're going to pick all eight supers, a winner, how many games in which those winners win. And also we've got off the wall because some things just aren't good enough for you people. All you have to do is push the button, as I've said before. And now we're going to complain about game times. But okay, well, all right. All right. All right. Yes, I, I would just like to go ahead and preface. I don't like the fact that we've only got two hour time slots, but this isn't anything new. It's been like that for decades. <laughs> right. So Ugh. let's adjust. But anyway, we'll get to that. We are rounding third now, but Tom, it's time to head home here on the Out of the Box podcast. When we come back, picks off the wall and uh, we'll close out the show sounds good let's do it that's all coming up when we get back welcome back to the out of the box podcast gray robertson and tom canterbury here with you let's take a look back as we get ready to wrap this baby up closing time playing or i don't know the new olivia rodrigo album my cousin says it's really good so yeah. driver's got, license is good i know driver's license i haven't listened to the rest of it yet it's got the bridge of a lifetime <laughs> in that one song we know that much the bridge of our lives tom the bridge of our lives <laughs> uh let me tell you that if you haven't seen the driver's license snl skit just go watch it it's good uh, it's really good not a lot of stuff saturday night live does anymore is good but that one was good that one they crank out a banger every now and then that you just have to watch on repeat and oh man <laughs> let's mm-hmm. take a look back 
at how we got here. We started at the plate, talked about the Tuscaloosa Regional. Alabama took care of business. We advanced to first, broke down each regional in the NCAA tournament, talked about the biggest storylines, including all of the drama in Tucson. We stole second with Tara Henry, and we talked about everything. It was always good to see Tara. We were, of course, uh, brought back to the pain of the stake bet early on. And that just kind of set the tone for what was a fun interview, but marred in Bruin versus Tide, you know, issues. <laughs> it, the only plus to this whole thing is that I'm going to get to eat steak too. We're all eating steak. That's right. We just, yeah, we just have to pay for somebody else's. Our bill is a little bigger. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine. Then we rounded third. We previewed supers. And now it's almost time to head home and pick those supers. A quick preface. You won regionals. You got 12 out of the 16. I just, whoa, what happened? I got 10 out of 16. Mm. What? I don't know what is going on. Some of my swings were close. I thought I would nail Notre Dame. That did not happen. Arizona State was a bad pick. Louisiana let us down. Oregon just, uh, come on. Duke, yeah. come on. But, man, I, I had a terrible week. So, you're going first. <laughs> It's not like this is the first time this has happened. Thanks for that. We will start in Baton Rouge. <laughs> we will start in Baton Rouge, Florida State at LSU. Tom, who's moving on to OKC? By the way, insane to me that we are picking who's going to the World Series. I'm so excited about that. There is so much on the line here this weekend. Oh, my gosh. And I'm so excited for the entire weekend. I am going to say in this one, I'm going to say enough of that LSU offense does show up again here. Uh, this weekend, and I'm going to say LSU wins in three games. I have the same thing. You know, both of us in our bracket have Florida State in the World Series. That's over Louisiana. But after right. watching LSU, I think LSU moves on to OKC. But, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I think we're looking at a 2 nothing win for LSU, a 3-1 win for Florida State, and a 3 nothing win for LSU, maybe in 12, and all yeah. three are on a Taylor Pleasant's home run. And that's, you know, that's how the regional goes. I think that's possible, but at the same time, I would not be shocked to see at least one of these games just go crazy because it is Baton Rouge and, and, and crazy things happen there. And, yeah, we know Amanda Scarborough, you get to go to this one. I've never not had a good time in Baton Rouge, so hopefully she'll have a good one too. Yeah, if she wants to bring us food to OKC yeah, from Baton yeah. Rouge, although I think the walk-ons is open in Tuscaloosa now, right? Is that true? It is opening. Um, they're doing a soft opening this weekend, and I think it's opening next weekend. Oh, that's true. Or next week. Yes, I think, uh, I don't know, we can talk about this after the show. I think we've, uh, don't we have some Crimson Tide Sports Network privileges to go to that soft opening or something? Uh, you're asking me as though I haven't already scheduled it. I need to do that. Okay. <laughs> if you want to come have dinner with us at Walk-Ons, tweet us at box underscore pod. You can tweet me because I think it would just be me, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll find some listeners who want to come and eat at Walk-Ons this week. All right, let's move on. Virginia Tech at UCLA, Tom, Thursday through Saturday. Can the Hokies win a game, or can they win the Super Regional? Uh, what do you think? I think they can, <laughs> I, but I don't think they will. I'm going to say UCLA wins two, two games, 2-0. Yeah, I'm going to go UCLA 2-0. I just – I don't know. That Virginia Tech offense, they're good, but do I trust them but, over Ferreira and Garcia? And at this level, at this point – UCLA just knows how to win yeah. uh, in these situations. So I think not, I think Richard's going to pitch well. I don't think that they're going to, you know, hammer or anything, but I just think they're going to know how UCLA knows how to win. 
Yeah, I'll go UCLA 2 nothing. I think they do get a timely Aaliyah Jordan home run or something along those lines right. in those games. I'm going to skip the next one and drop down. We're going to save a certain ABC primetime series a little later. We'll do okay. Georgia at Florida right now, Tom. Do the Bulldogs have what it takes to shock the world once again in Gainesville? I think they have enough to do it once. So I'm going to say Florida wins two games to one. Yeah, I disagree. I'm going to go Florida 2 up. Prove me wrong, Mary Wilson, Avant. I want to be wrong. Yes. I want to be wrong. Uh, me too. I'll be happy with missing the brick, the pick altogether. Uh, but I just I just don't see it happening. I just that Georgia offense is playing well, but Elizabeth Hightower was spinning it so well. And yet, how do you evaluate how Florida pitched in a regional where none of those teams could hit worth a darn? Right. It's tough, but I'm just gonna side with Florida finding ways at home to beat the Bulldogs twice. So I've got two nothing over Georgia. Texas at Oklahoma State. I just I just I just don't see it for Texas. I'm going to Oklahoma State 2-0. Same deal. Totally agree. I said Texas only chance is if an O'Leary or a Jacobson just gets gets absolutely on fire and can hold that Oklahoma State offense down enough to give the Longhorns a chance to score enough runs, but I'll I'll have to see it before I would I would pick I'd pick it that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you've got a battle of two pitching staffs. You know, Texas has O'Leary and Jacobson and Riley White, and you know they've got options, but mm-hmm. is that better than Maxwell and Seminick and Eberly? No. So no. I, I think the pitching and the offense both favor Oklahoma State, and the defense does too. And Oklahoma State made some mistakes against Oklahoma, but Texas's defense has been like – the main story of the year. So I don't see an area where Texas has an edge at all. So I've got the cowgirls sweeping as well. And it's in Stillwater. So yeah, it's over. Good good luck, Texas. (laughs) Sorry. Good try. (laughs) Right. Arizona at Arkansas. Bogle magic. Is it enough, Tom? Or has your opinion changed from before the tournament? And are you now buying into the Wildcats? I mean, I I don't not buy into Arizona. I think that they are a legit team i think they i think they might have just been a little bit over ranked to begin with as we had them in in the one the big four and they weren't quite up to that level but i still think they're a, you know they're a super regional level team um i i just think this is kind of a, it seems to be arkansas it's kind of a, a destiny type year for the razorbacks to be able to make it to oklahoma city um and in in that atmosphere at bogle uh i think it's going to get them through mary half pitching as well as she has uh, I'll go with Arkansas, but I think it's going to take three. I think it's going to go three games. So I'll, I'll stick with my pick of Arkansas over Arizona, two games to one. I'm agreeing with the three. I'm disagreeing on the winner. I think that Mary Half and the reliance of Arkansas on Mary Half will come back to haunt them at some point in the Super Regional. I think Arizona's got too much talent offensively to not make adjustments at some point i know it's on the road but i think they're going to figure it out bogle's going to be electric i'm not sure arizona's pitching is going to be able to hold down the razorback offense the entire weekend but i think that when it comes down to crunch time arizona being there before will be the difference and that'll propel them to okc so i've got the wildcats 2-1 over the razorbacks i think the fact that we both picked this as a three-game series and have a different winner. Really kind of underscores how this is the most interesting and intriguing Super Regional of any of them. For sure. I think definitely the most evenly matched. I could see it right. going any way. I could see both teams sweeping. I mean, it's, you know, it's so fascinating. 
and I'm really excited to see it. It's the one I'd be most, if I was not affiliated with Alabama, just watching this as a, as a general softball fan, this would be the one I'd be making sure I'm tuning into. All right, James <laughs> Madison at Missouri. Intriguing, if not, I think, super interesting because I just don't know if James Madison has enough in the tank to outlast this Missouri team. But, Tom, you're first, so please make your pick. I'm going to say Odyssey gets one. I think Odyssey gets one for James Madison, but Missouri wins a series two games to one. Yeah, I agree with you. It has been quite the journey for James Madison, or some might say quite the Odyssey. No, you could say that. Yes. I wouldn't say that. But no, I would never, that. as the podcast is canceled. But either way, I, I agree with you. I think Odyssey Alexander gets one. You know, I think we forget that they've got a really good pitcher in Humphreys who's right behind her. But this Missouri offense is better than Tennessee's. They are better up and down than Liberty's. And it's just going to be a completely different, tougher look on the road. This is a tougher road atmosphere than I think Tennessee is personally. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just don't think JMU is going to have enough. I've got Missouri two out of three. And we and we just kind of know how, what type of a coach Larissa Anderson is and, and how focused she's going to have this team um, and having a little bit of extra familiarity with the James Madison program, I think will only be a help to Missouri. Yeah, Larissa Anderson will have that team ready. She wants to go to OKC, let me tell you. Oh, Absolutely. gosh. And they are as close as you could get. Tom, Washington at Oklahoma. It's on ABC. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know. But, we should probably mention that at some point. Although I'm actually a little concerned that the Saturday game is on ABC because, you know, say Washington wins game one, then oh. you might be getting a, like, Sarah Willis versus – Nicole May matchup on no. ABC if, because Washington might be saving Gabby playing for game three. I don't know, but either way, what do you pick for this one? I'm going to stick with my, my pick. I, I, I think Washington is going to beat Oklahoma. I think it's going to take three games, but I think the two, the Gabby playing pitch, Washington's going to win because they're going to score enough runs on that Oklahoma pitching staff. You just have to be able to, to limit the damage that Oklahoma is going to be able to do. They haven't faced an elite pitcher at the level of Gabby Plain. I'd say that the three pitchers, I think you can do You say it's two, I think it's three. I think Gabby Plain joins Rachel Garcia and Montana Fouts as, as teams, as pitchers that can hold down Oklahoma. And uh, I think they're going to get it done. A, a bad matchup for Oklahoma, Washington with the walkout, but uh, I think they are going to come in and try to prove it. Washington better win game one. That's all I got to say. If they lose game one, goodbye. It's over. You're not winning that series. I would be shocked if Washington came back and won two straight because they would have to do it with Gabby playing. And she just, right. I mean, you can't, like a human can't do that against Oklahoma. You know, it's different. You know, Montana Fouts going three games in the SEC tournament was really impressive, really impressive. But right. trying to go three games in a row against Oklahoma, I can't even fathom the mental fortitude that that would take. I mean, Cat Osterman might pass right now. Yeah. It's a really tough task. I don't think Washington can handle that. I think they find a way to win game two after losing game one, or they win game one and then Oklahoma figures out playing. Either way, I don't think Abby playing can beat Oklahoma twice. So I've got the Sooners two out of three. Okay. We'll see. I'm here for it. And either way, I'm, I'll be okay because if I'm wrong, Washington lost. So, you know, <laughs> it's not all bad. The final series, 
the one that we will attend in the radio booth, might I add, mm-hmm. possibly eating Rice Krispies. Depends on the official announcement of a TV crew. But, you know, if you hear that one, I think you know who's calling our games. Kentucky at Alabama, 14 versus three. The fifth, sixth, and maybe seventh time we have matched off this year, Tom. Who's going to win? <laughs> well, I'm going to say I don't think it goes to the seventh game. I think Alabama is going to win it two games to none. And the reason why is I think Montana Fouts continues to just be on another level. And it's going to be a situation where in game one, I think Alabama, it's a close one. I would say Alabama wins a close one. Uh, and then game two, I, I really think if Alabama wins game one, you'll see Montana Fouts again in game two and, and Alabama will just pull away with it. Uh, I think it could be a similar situation to the two game series with Clemson that we just saw this past weekend. And cause it's just so difficult to figure out Montana Fouts right now. And, you know, they have Kowalik, they have a lot of good players, um, but you know, n- nothing that Kentucky does is going to surprise Alabama at this point. It's not going to, it's not going to throw them off. And the fact that it's in Tuscaloosa, um, I think Alabama, Alabama gets it. Montana Fouts in the win streak, Tom, that's 16 straight games, has a 1.15 ERA. 1.15. You know who Alabama's playing in that 16-game win streak? Ranked Uh, teams and ACC champions. Right. That's really good teams. Yeah, there's there's like three non-ranked teams during that stretch. And one of Uh, those non-ranked teams was a conference champion themselves. Exactly. And one of those games that Alabama won was also against Kentucky. Uh, so I really think the fact that they played in the SEC tournament, I think kind of exercised whatever demons there were with Kentucky. Yes, it's still 2-2 on, on, on the year, uh, but those three games in Lexington so long ago, both these yeah. teams are so different. Uh, I just think Alabama has has stepped up their game too much to have it end here. Yeah, I'm not about to come out and say that, you know, Kentucky's going to figure out Montana fouls, but I'm picking Alabama to win 2 nothing. and I think the factor, the key factor that is going to help lead to that sweep, you're going to see Lexi Kilfoyle, I think, I'm just making a prediction, come in and pitch two big innings at some point that secure Alabama win. And I think that we're going to see that when Kentucky got to her, that was, like you said earlier, kind of the beginnings and the first signs that something was wrong. She's gotten the rest. She's gotten healthy. Her movement was filthy against Alabama State on Friday. And I think we see her come in and make a difference at some point in the circle. Because honestly, Tom, I think Alabama can really win the national championship. I'm not sure they can do it without Lexi Kilfoyle throwing some innings at some point in Oklahoma City. And I think the best way to prepare her for that is by giving her some pressure situational innings this week against Kentucky. It'll be interesting to see if it comes in a starting role or if it does come in, in a relief uh, situation at some point for, for Alabama. But I, I just think overall Alabama has too much for Kentucky here this weekend. Yeah, I'm not going to predict where or when or why she will pitch, but you know, I think, I think we will see Kilfoyle at yeah. some point. Those are the picks, Tom. I feel good about them. And you know what? I, I like the picks because we have provided some intrigue. Like this is a lot of game threes, which is always fun. Yeah. I mean, that's when you're looking for really fun super regionals, that means that we need a lot of winner take all third game threes. And uh, I, I think the way that these are matched up, there is a lot of potential for those to happen. Mm. 
Well, now let's, uh, before we close out the show, let's move on to the segment that was missing for a couple weeks. It came back last week, and now it is here once again, Tom. It's time for Off the Wall. And again, I would like to point out Alabama coming off of winning their 43rd consecutive regional game and shutting out everyone, uh, going going 3-0, and for the first time ever in regionals, not allowing a run. And uh, there are still people complaining. Mine is kind of a little bit about more of what's happening after the regionals. Do you have one from the actual regionals that you wanted to point out? Yes. Uh, A lot of people were upset about Patrick Murphy pulling Lexi Kilfoyle. Not as many as I thought, but there were some people who were super upset about it. Just wanted to clear the air there. You know, pitch count apparently was in play. And also, I think it was a wise decision to give Crystal Goodman some guaranteed innings. I thought that Alabama had it in the bag when it was – you know, in run rule ish territory, six, nothing at the time with the top of the order coming up or rather nine, one, two. So, you know, you've got a couple more outs to play with. Why not bring in crystal Goodman and lo and behold, she kept up the no hitter. So everything was fine. Right. Everything's fine. And what's the worst case scenario. You don't know hit Alabama state. <gasps> I know. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's, it's the, the general awareness of what is happening and just the, and again, it's kind of the nature of social media. Knee-jerk reactions are always going to be there. And you're, if you're looking for if you're looking for rational discussion, probably not the best place to go. I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, why is Patrick Murphy bringing in pinch hitters against Alabama State with six, seven, eight due up in the order with runners on base when it's six nothing? But you know, you've got a chance to maybe run rule in the bottom of the fourth and make it right. you know three outs away from the win because you want to give those batters postseason experience. You know, Patrick Murphy is playing the long game a lot of these times. He's not thinking about the immediate. We would love to win 8 nothing immediately and, you know, at the top of the fifth be the final frame. But sometimes there are greater things that have to be done in that game before we can all go home. And that's what we saw on Friday against Alabama State. Tom, that's all I've got. What do you have? Just the general angst and people being upset about the game times of the super regional Uh, i've seen that come out here today is friday at noon the most ideal time to be starting a postseason game no but you know when you're looking at it one they're all on tv that they're all on radio so if you know if you aren't allowed if you can't get off work there are other ways to watch and and to see and also we're you know we're talking about college sports and postseason tournaments you know the ncaa basketball tournament plays all day thursday and friday for the first round you know that you know, this is not something new you, you you can't play everything on the weekends you can't play everything at night if you want everything on tv and to have a good audience you have to stagger these games out and again not the best scenario but it's not like this is something that's anti-alabama or you know, trying to screw people over to be able to watch or come to the games. Um, I think there's going to be enough people on a Friday at the end of May that'll probably be able to fill up the Rhodes House. And if you're not able to play, if you're not able to get off work, you can follow along in, with the games and then make sure to come out on Saturday and Sunday if necessary. You know, we're we're in a world where if if you're going to be excited as we all are about the um, coverage that softball gets and and all the ways you can watch on on espn and things like that you're going to have to kind of deal with you know this is the way tv is going to schedule some things yeah and 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 let's not complain about it let's not complain about having to sit in the brickyard where 
gas the tvs aren't big enough you know it's like uh, it's just the things that we're complaining about when literally six months ago we weren't able to leave our house and let's just let's be happy that these games are happening period and that they're they're available to watch yeah and i'm just going to piggyback on that a lot of people said that you know why would they start at noon that won't help readings well they're starting early because there's no competition in the time slot you right. know, there is no other game being played opposite Alabama, Kentucky on Friday. You know who else has the before the night cap time slot? Washington, Oklahoma. That's at two o'clock. So yeah. they've got Alabama, Kentucky as the lead in to the game they chose for ABC. That shows how much ESPN actually values this super regional. You know, it, it's I, I think I think it's interesting. A lot of people, you know, not, don't really know what all goes into that and. I kind of want to get Megaronowitz on the show at some point. We can have her talk about what goes into those TV decisions because be loud, yeah. more than just, you know, not, not everything is at the best time at six o'clock. You know what else is happening this weekend? The NBA playoffs, which gets a mm-hmm. lot of eyes. They don't really play at noon very often, you know, or if it is, it's the worst of the games that day in the NBA playoffs. So actually this schedule wise makes more sense for softball on Friday. Yeah. Cause we're right now we're in one of the most busiest times on the sports calendar with so much going on. We had, you know, Phil Mickelson doing his all time great PGA championship run last weekend during the, the regional. So I'm, you know, there, there's a lot of competition and a lot of, eyes in a lot of different spots in in the sports world again not everything is catered to one individual fan or one individual person uh you kind of have to understand there is a a a a big picture that al that softball alabama softball in particular is you know trying to find their spot in and sometimes that means you're not you're not in the absolute prime time spot it's still going to be a great game and still you're still going to be able to watch it I will say, though, it will be hot. So, please, if you're coming to Rhodes, hydrate the heck up. Start now. Yes. Gatorade, water, get ready. Do do the fluids. Go to HydroLive. This is, you know, they don't pay commercials for us, but it's a good IV place that can get you ready to go for this weekend because it will be quite steamy, Tom. Put on the sunscreen and, and come on out and uh, support, these, uh, support these athletes, support these ladies as they're trying to make it back to the Women's College World Series. Anything more off the wall you would like to add before we wrap up, Tom? I, I think that's about it. For the most part, it, it, was, it was good this week. There, there was only a few, and, and they really stuck out. And, again, I continue to appreciate uh, those people who are fighting the good fight against the trolls uh, on, on social media. And, uh, you, know, they're, you know, those trolls are really hurting right now with Alabama being on a 16-game win streak. There's nobody more upset about that than – some of these quote unquote Alabama fans that are that, that like to be off the wall OGs here on, on the podcast. Gosh, Alabama gives up a run against Kentucky. It's time to fire mm. Murph. Yeah. Time to pull the plug. <laughs> Forget that Alabama just won 9 1. They allowed a run. Right. Steffi Van Brakel Pro throws on a chopping block. <laughs> Montana Fouts walked two people. How dare she? <laughs> Pulled the scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, folks. If you're coming to the Rhodes House, we will have gear. We've got the stickers, the koozies. We're going to do another shirt giveaway. Just walk up to the window before the show. We'll give away two shirts before each game just walk up and say far school and i'll write it down and then go get the shirts at some point bring it back to you it's real easy 
Yeah, sounds sounds fun. Hopefully, we only have to give away four shirts. That sounds sounds like a plan. That's good. Also, if you want a double XL, I'm sorry, we're out. But we've got all Ooh. the other sizes. Sorry, I'm a bigger guy. <laughs> Not you, Tom. Other people. <laughs> it was you know I didn't get very many, and then I yeah. gave them away. But either way, we have a lot of extra smalls. If anyone wants one of those, come on for the kitties or the children. The people can listen this weekend. Wherever they can watch us tweet, they can watch us post the pictures. So let's run through the whole rundown of ways to get in touch. Tom, where can the people find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at T Canterbury, R T R C A N T E R B U R Y. Uh, yeah, we, we post links before each and every game, letting you know if there's a game time change or anything like that uh, and where you can listen to us. Uh, so follow us there and, and giving you a lot of, of fun content throughout the week as well uh, at T Canterbury RTR. And I also always am sure to retweet anything from at out of the box underscore pod. Yes. The show's account at out of the box underscore pod. That would be the out of the box official account. And that account usually likes or retweets my account at gray underscore Robertson. It helps that I run the account, but well, sure, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I've ever officially revealed that. So yes, surprise. It is me that runs the account <laughs> at out of the box underscore pod. And I also run at gray underscore Robertson where occasionally I tweet dumb things, but usually it's pretty good stuff <laughs> yeah I, I like it yeah so that is there and then as always you can listen to us while you're in tuscaloosa if you want to listen to us along uh with uh, with the game being played on 93.3 fm in t-town and also at praise 933.com and the praise app also available on TuneIn and sirius and as always just go to rolltide.com on that schedule page go down there's a link to live audio live video and live stats there. And also when Alabama softball tweets something in, in the games, there's usually a link to that as well. So uh, follow us along. And uh, we also appreciate, as we've said before, uh, on the Crimson Tide Sports Network, there have been some other affiliates throughout the state that have picked up some of our games as we move along in postseason. And hopefully we'll continue to do that. So if you're outside of Tuscaloosa and you're listening to us and all those other stations, we do appreciate it. Yeah, with more people listening, I'm going to have to remember to keep together. You know, don't, don't right. lose it. Don't lose it, Gray. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a semi-deep cut, but not really, because that clip made the rounds a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> try, try to keep the waterworks at a minimum. Uh, wiping my nose, interrupting you during the close, and you saying, oh, fine, okay, what do you have to say? And then me <laughs> well, being unable I, to say it. <laughs> right. Now I know, okay, make sure that Gray gets gets his thoughts in before we wrap things up. Yeah, I just, you know, I need a good 30 minutes to clear my head before <laughs> I can talk after a loss that ends right. the year. We know well, that now. <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have to worry about that, but we'll see. That's Well, if, if it's after a win, it'll be just different kind of tears. It'll be, uh, I'll throw it to you and oh gray is already in the dog pile so i will come back and wrap things up <laughs> oh gosh you know a lot of you listeners out there should want alabama to win the national championship for a lot of reasons but a tiny minor reason the gopro footage would be just ridiculous uh, oh my gosh i i think it would it would go i i'm sure there would be tackling in the boot i don't know it would be ridiculous <laughs> if, if when I when I hit you in the back with Taylor Clark's home run in the SEC champ in the SEC tournament, that's going to be nothing compared to what will happen. 
Oh, man. But we still got a long way to go. Supers are this weekend. We certainly hope you tune into all the softball that you can watch and all the softball that you can listen to, particularly in Tuscaloosa with Alabama and Kentucky part three coming up at the Rhodes House. We're very excited for it. Tom, I know you're pumped. I know our friend Tara Henry is pumped. Thank you to her for popping on the show. We've got a couple days of rest and then we're right back at it with the postseason. Let's go. I'm, I'm very excited that Super Regionals are always a lot of fun and um, going to be uh, one, of the, one of, if not the best atmosphere in the entire country right here in T-Town. Absolutely. And we hope you are there or tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you are across the country and across the world. For my partner, Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson. Again, thank you so much for tuning into the Out of the Box podcast. We will see you at Rhodes this weekend, Alabama, Kentucky, Super Regionals here in the NCAA Tournament. Do or die, win or go home, and Team 25 is ready to move on to OKC. Again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.